welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Uh, that intro is incorrect because Owen McIntyre is not here tonight. He is out squatching somewhere on the Pacific Coast. Uh, I uh, told him that he was uh, Bigfoot hunting and he got upset, so I forgot it's called squatching, uh, so hopefully he uh, finds what he's looking for. But tonight we got Rob Stone, and he's hanging out with us, and we're talking to Ralph Polensky from Midwest Serpentarium. We're going to talk about everything from, wow, Breadline, Inland, Starwinds. Uh, and Teresia, and uh, one that's new to me, but not new to Rob, is uh, Mandarin Rat Snakes. And I know Owen, he will love to hear that part of it because he's on a huge colubrid kick. So this will be right up his alley. Um, what's up, Rob? How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. You know, it's a lot of fun. I'm sorry that uh, Owen had to pick this week of all to go squatching, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, and I'm always glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, it's usually, uh, you're usually not on the side. This is what Owen is super afraid of, that uh, <laughs> that he will be replaced. Right. <laughs> so he oh, never Lord. allows, he never allows this mix to happen, me and you. He always, <laughs> it's always you and him, but uh, now. Nah. Right, I, I only remember once, right, when we had, uh, oh, who was on? Um, guy down in Texas. Bill? Michael Pinnell. Oh, Michael Pinnell. No, Michael Pinnell was on. Yeah, that's okay. the one that I remember. Cool. I think I think maybe that was the only one. So yeah, man, it'll be fun. It's it's always fun. And hey, maybe you won't hang up on me when I start talking like he does. <laughs> no, I promise I won't. If I hang up on you, it's because I got struck <laughs> by lightning and my computer shut off. <laughs> that's the only way that that's gonna happen. Yeah, I was. I was saying that there's a bad storm rolling through here, so uh, hopefully uh, everything will be cool. But, uh, yeah, Ralph has uh, some awesome snakes. Um, right before the show, Rob sent me – I was looking at pictures of his hypo-to-hypo hypo clutch, but he sent me over a picture of this striped bread lie, which is um, – I, I guess it's a hypo. It looks like it might be a hypo, maybe hypo to a fours. I'm not sure, but um, – Definitely going to have to uh, find out what's the story with that one. But uh, I don't know, man. What's going on with you? What's new uh, since the last time you were on? Right. Not too terribly much. You know, the, the update on the uh, cohabbing the rhinos that I talked about with Owen, everything seems to be going well. You know, they get a bit aggro over the food. So just got to make sure I've got a couple hoppers ready to go. <laughs> you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never want to be uh, – taken off guard with uh yeah, with that. He, I was listening to that. <laughs> that was uh that was a crazy story. Yeah, man. Yeah, no they, they definitely once they're on, they're on, man. And I all of them it looks like are sitting out staring at me right now and saying, Hey buddy, you got something? So you know, they're doing great and I enjoy it, man. And heck dude, they do they're sitting out under that U V. It's pretty cool. Cool. And uh, the Timor Pythons, they're they're doing good. Yeah, man, they're rock solid. Both have had a, both have shed out, and they're taking uh, frozen thawed hoppers off the tongs. So, 
you know, if they're in quarantine, haven't really been holding them or, you know, trying to work into that process yet. But being nervous, I've been really happy that they've been uh, going for that frozen thawed food offered on the tongs. They're sitting at the front just waiting for me to open it in, open it up and give them one. So, yeah, they've been everything that I could hope for. <laughs> Time number cool. four is the charm. You know, not driving me crazy yeah. yet, you know. <laughs> me and you always talk about how we go through these phases where we try something and we don't like it, then we try it again, then we don't like it, then we try it again, then we don't. <laughs> so right? uh, yeah. you're, you're, you're on your Timors and I'm on my scrubs. So, so far, so good. Everything seems to be uh, doing good. And as of late, I guess it's because we had some, uh, we had Nick on last week, but uh, I got a little bit the short tail bug um and uh it's got me uh researching stuff hopefully to get a couple more guests on here talking some uh short tail pythons because they are pretty damn cool man it definitely uh yeah man cools. i like them yeah, a lot you know it's it's the fairly narrow range of you know i think you need to be pretty close on with their environment and that can be tough if people trying to keep them in a you know a house where the ambience get get uh, a wide range, you know, more so than a room, but man, if you do them right, they're, they're really darn cool. And, you know, as you know, my, my passion with those is always for the dinkers. I think, you know, as I've said it before, man, I think there's more mutations in those waiting to be discovered than there are in ball pythons. You know, I really do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just from looking at some of the, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. If some of these looks popped up on a carpet python, people would be, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> right? Freak out, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely variable, um, for sure. Uh, you know, going over and seeing some of that stuff, like animals from the same clutch, it's just like, wow. And, that, and then that guy you showed me tonight that had those uh, uh, Sumatrans, um, yeah, like, night and day in the clutch, like really dark and then like <laughs> right? super light. It's like, holy shit. Wow. What a difference. But and the cool funny stuff. thing about that, man, is especially if you're talking the Borneos, but I suppose the Curtis too, although there's, you know, been the key positive albino and then that, that odd one that seems like probably didn't prove out that zebra one. Um, you know, those two, they are so much less variability than in, the red blood python in Bronger's mind. Bronger's have, dude, literally you could look at a hundred of them and you'd say 15 or 20 of these things are just off the wall. Got to be something, you know, you're identifying different things in that group, right? If you just had a, a couple bags of them and you just said, wow, look at that, look at that, look at that. All these different avenues at a minimum in terms of selective breeding that you could go. Borneos, it's amazing what they've done out of like a really tiny gene pool. You know, I've only seen um, Bushmaster get those one time as captive hatched. You know, the Curtis uh, maybe you know a little bit more than that, but mm-hmm. all the stuff that's come, all the stuff they've made is from a very small collection that looked pretty similar when they first started. So when you're talking, you know, Bronger's mind, where that literally every year we get a couple thousand of them, and you could look at that and say there's 50 projects sitting in that thousand alone. Imagine what it would become when people get to that same scale of breeding them as they have with Borneos, you know, where they took relatively normal-looking things and made crazy stuff. You know, there were obviously the genes to do that in there, but it's still, I mean, those were the easy ones, and it's turned, it's exploded, 
right? You right. know, those were the ones that seemed straightforward and it exploded. Imagine what happens when you've got ones that, you know, seem crazy to start with. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sky's the limit. Yeah, we were talking earlier and, uh, you know, we were talking about how, like, uh, especially with Matt and his Borneos, it's like, you know, to even come close, you know, you could spend a ton right. of money and like to come <laughs> close to what he's doing is like, yeah, you're not even in the same, same, same ballpark as uh, what he's got going on. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. he has fantastic stuff for sale. Every time he posts stuff, I'm looking at it going, I mean, which is not often enough, you know. He's uh, he's posting stuff up, and I'm going, oh, man, I need to get that, I need to get that. And then I realize, wait a minute, he's got all this other crazy stuff, too, you know. <laughs> I, I can't even, it's intimidating, you know, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, for sure. I think my favorite is probably his uh, extreme marble stuff. Oh shit! I hope I called. Yeah, it. man. I, I was get confused with it's granite yeah. or marble. No, it's marble. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh man, I'm marble. The granite is the. Uh, <laughs> right, you're getting Owen on me here, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, I mean that that uh, coast to coast stuff that he's that he's working with. I was telling, I think it was Steve Roosters that had this site, and maybe in some of those magazines I sent you or whatever. If you go back to like '97, '98, '99, something like that, Steve Roosters uh-huh. was really taken off with those marble Borneos. That's when I remember seeing those at the time. And he had this URL that was let's get snake.com. So it's let, 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 let. And I, I was asking Steve about this a little bit ago. And he was like, oh, man, you're old school. You remember that thing, you know, because he put the guy, he realized that maybe that wasn't the best pitch or whatever. But, yeah, it was uh, L-E-T-S, G-E-T-S, naked.com. And, it, it, you know, so that was just his little joke or whatever. And at some point he said, oh, maybe I need, <laughs> need to take my business a little more seriously. Maybe that's the ball python influence. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I reached out to him about it, and he was like, "Oh man, you are you're old school if you remember that." <laughs> so yeah. I love that marble stuff too. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I guess I take it for granted because that's sort of like you know I'm just used to it. You know, it's like going over to Matt's place to check out his stuff, but like you know when, when you're there and <laughs> right, you're just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Woo. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, how, you know, he's got a couple hundred tubs or whatever, man, and we were opening those things, and what they're, you're standing there, you know, and it, it was just, and his, his wife is standing there, and you're just watching me act like an idiot, being like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and you guys are like, man, I'm into it, but you're a, you're a nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the first time I went there, I was like that, you know what I mean? But, like, each time, it's just like you get, you know, kind of... A little more dated, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like your snakes in your collection, you know what I mean? Like, you could think that, like, yeah, I guess it's okay, and then people walk in, and they're like, oh, my God, this is, you know, freaking out. Yeah. And just like, yeah. I know, man. Yeah, that's a July jungle. Yeah, Yeah. okay, whatever. (laughs) So, um. But, uh, oh my gosh. what's that? No, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you, man. Cool stuff. Cool. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything lined up in the beginning. There's not too much stuff going on. So we'll just jump right into it and get, uh, get Ralph on here and cool. Get this going. Um, I think, yeah, that's it. There we go. 
Hey, Ralph, welcome to uh, Morelli Python Radio. Glad to have you. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, so I guess we'll just start at the beginning, and uh, you can introduce yourself and maybe talk about how you got you know, into reptiles and what led you to work with what you're working with. Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me on, and uh, uh, thanks for doing the show. Yeah, um, I've always I've always been kind of a freak for animals, respected uh, nature, and always drawn to them. Uh, I don't know if you want me to bore you with my childhood, but I can tell you how I got into things. Yeah, go um, for it, man. <laughs> yeah, so as a kid, my dad was you know um, always serious about us uh, being educated and reading, so he brought us to the library every week. That was a big deal, and. Ralph went straight to the section that's all animal books. And uh, <laughs> I, I checked out all the animal books I could um, from, you know, uh, reptiles, um, amphibians, uh, mammals, didn't matter. And uh, took them all home, read them. Uh, used to tune into a radio program of a local pet store um, when I was like in fourth grade. I remember this. And I would call up every Sunday and answer all the questions, and then they would tell me to stop calling because um, I already won the prize. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would drag my parents every week to get my prize to the pet store, which was uh, K.O., which is like, um, I don't know if you remember K.O., it's like a chocolate milk in a can and gift, uh-uh. gift cards to a family restaurant. And, uh, of course, I would beg my parents for animals and we'd bring home uh mice guinea pigs uh gerbils and i would drive my parents crazy i want i remember at one point the mice got out of the cage and they were in the they were in the the sump pump (laughs) so my dad and i pulled we didn't know that we my dad and i pulled up the sump pump which wasn't working and we saw it covered with mice and he just looked at me and said the first thing I'm going to do when you buy a house is stick mice in your sump pump. <laughs> but then what happened was we discovered my brother has allergies, and then everything became fish. So okay. I still was trying to talk him into snakes and reptiles, and that really didn't kind of work out. But as soon as I got my license, I went into trade-in times, and I drove a couple of neighborhoods over, met – this is really weird. Uh, I met a dude at a – family restaurant and bought my first snake, which was a California King snake. And it was in a gift box. So okay. we're talking like, you, you know how you would get a shirt at Christmas and unwrap it. That's what it was. Uh-huh. In. And the whole, oh, wow. the whole ride home, the whole ride home, I'm thinking what's going to be in this box when I get home. But sure enough, it was, it was a King snake. Um, later on, I went back to that guy's place after he initially met me. He had a house, he had a room, he was in an apartment, like a three flat, and he had a room where the wall was cut out. It was glass, and he had he had pythons in there, really, really large pythons, and he had a huge collection. And later I heard the guy was arrested for illegal imports, but I, I don't know. I kind of lost contact with him. Um, and then in high school, I did a work program with a pet store, and then after high school, I wound up working for that pet store full time which meant that I went a few towns over into Elk Grove Village, and I worked for a 24-store pet chain. 
And I was the right-hand man to the livestock buyer, which was an awesome job because this guy was on the phone with uh, California Zoological and uh, Florida all the time buying reptiles. And then we had local breeders for um, birds and and, uh, and mammals. And uh, sometimes I got on the phone with those guys, and I called the other stores and distributed the animals, packed up the animals. So it was a pretty cool job. But um, at one point, we we did an import. And, and, you know, I learned a lot of, you know, for me, I don't consider myself an expert on any of the animals that, that I keep and, and collect and breed, but I do, I, I pay attention to husbandry. That's, that's my big thing. So okay. what I learned a lot, this, this guy's name was Tom Loudon, and he was, he was into animals for a long time. And, and he taught me um, how to take care of them, how to pay attention to them, how to be consistent and put in the work and clean, you know? So we ran quarantines all the time. It was nuts. We would have like 200 Nanday Conyers in three cages, and I had to take care of them. But before, before they got there, you had to make sure everything was bleached and completely sanitized, and then when, they, when you were done, the same thing. So you were feeding them these medicated pellets, and it was, it was literally a quarantine. But it, all in all, that, that whole thing ended in a bad experience. We did an import uh, of Australian birds through California, and I distributed them to the stores, and then they, they had to start coming back because they had beacon feather disease. So here I'm watching these beautiful Moluccan cockatoos and umbrella cockatoos fall off perches. Their beaks are falling apart, and their feathers are falling off. So I got oh, wow. really bad. Yeah, it was, it was, so what, when they're sending them back to me, guess what? I'm putting them down. And I shipped some to California for observations, but most most of them were going in the freezer. So after that, I literally just backed up. You know, I might have had a uh, Blue Front Amazon, but I, I really kind of stayed away from pet trade, breeding, and anything for about 20 years. Um, and then I got I kind of got back into it with birds, and I was breeding African parrots. Then I sold my house, and I'm in an apartment, and you cannot keep well, you can, but you can't. Make the numbers, you can't keep parrots. So the answer right. was snakes. And my first thing was, I could, you know, I bred parrots, and, and it's really weird because parrots will do crazy things like they'll lay eggs, they'll 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 sit on the eggs, the eggs will hatch, and then the male will go in and eat them. So it, it's a whole different it's a whole different thing than breeding snakes. But again. With, with birds, you've got to really pay attention to the details. I used to record like a half a day of breeding behavior and then come home and watch it in 20 minutes and fast forward. So it, I used to, there again with the birds, it was really all about the husbandry. Um, so I started with geckos. I started breeding leopard geckos. And okay. uh, my brother gave me, gave me a call and said, uh, your nephew's interested in snakes. So I went over to the Chicago Reptile House. And I had my hands on a lattice sphincters, which if you don't know, they're, they're like, it's like bamboo rat snake. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's the common yep. name. It's this beautiful red snake. And um, that, was, that was it, man. At that, at that point, uh, I was bit. Um, I'm sending, I don't know if you can get this, Eric, but I'm sending you a, a picture of a lattice sphincters. I don't know if it'll go over or not. Okay. Let me try that. Right, so when was that, Ralph? 
I'm curious about, you know, um, knowing kind of when Lattice Inctus were available. When was that? They, they, they still are. It, it wasn't that long ago. Um, I bought my first sure. case from yeah, no, but 2011, I mean, so this would have been about 2009. Okay. So uh, little okay. did I know at that time, but um, a good friend of mine now that I do a lot of projects with, with um, uh, Mandarin Rat Snakes, that's the person – uh, that was supplying it sold it to him. Chicago. Sure. Yeah, he was supplying Chicago Reptile House. Um, so Is that once, Matt Moose? I, exactly. Exactly. So once, yeah. once I had yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he is. Once I had a um, I had handled the land of things, then I was within a week I was on the phone with uh, there. I just sent that over to you, uh, Eric. Okay. So once I had. Once once I handled one of those, it was within a week or two, I was on the show. I was on the phone with uh, Pro Exotics, and I had ordered a pair of Latisinctus and a pair of Mandarin. Um, I dove a little bit into um, corn snakes, and then I was at a local show, and I walked by a table, and they had a female carpet on a perch, like a bird perch, on the table. And I'm looking at this thing like, holy shit, that's a big snake. Can't, can't it just reach over and nail it? And, and a whole right. bunch of deli cups on, on the table. And I don't know, that stuck in my head. And like a couple months later, I'm re- I figured out what it was. It was a jungle carpet. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, looking, at, I'm looking at buying the jungle carpet. And I'm, 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 I'm ready to order one, but everybody's like not responding. And then I got on the phone with Nick. <laughs> and then that, that's where my collection comes from. And, and really, in terms of my breeding practices and all that, um, it's, it's really just, you know, talking to Nick. So every time I would get on the phone with Nick, I'd have a notebook and I would take notes. And uh, <laughs> I, I, would bug, I bugged the hell out of him. In fact, I remember he did a show with Justin, and I think it was when they came out with their Antaresia book. And you had asked him a question, what's one of the most demanding things about being a breeder? And Nick said, the time with the customers. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, man, that's me. <laughs> and after, after that day, I stopped calling him so much. Oh, really? <laughs> I, that, that, I knew, he was, I knew it was, he was talking about me. So, uh, um, yeah, he so loves talking Nick, on I the bought, phone, man. <laughs> he does. He does. But, you know – you got to respect the man too. You can't be calling him three, four, five times a week, um, yeah. asking him why why your carpet doesn't eat and and how do I breed these guys? You know, so um, a lot of the similarities in parrots came across to uh, breeding the snakes. Like at the time I was breeding African parrots, there was a mm-hmm. genius Poicephalus, and there were Senegal's Myers and Red Bellies. So it's really similar to carpets. It's like, do you cross? You know, Darwin and jungles. Do you cross Reddles and Darwins? You know that whole kind of concept comes comes across um, gotcha. in the in the parrot world. In the parrot world, nobody crossed the Senegal's Myers or Red Belly. They were all polycephalous. They were all about the same size. They they looked completely different. It's very similar to, to carpets. So, um, I bought my first carpet from Nick um, in 2011. Mm-hmm. And I told him that I wanted a banded carpet, a classic banded look, and that's exactly what I got. And I was I was really excited. Then 
I had to have a zebra. And then <laughs> at the, at about the time I got a zebra, I called up Nick and said, are there any mellow carpets? Because <laughs> I hate getting bit. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. When I, my first carpets, which is two jungles and two zebras, I can handle them. I don't use hooks, nothing. Uh, right. Uh, but I wanted something that's, you know, you know, in the, in the parent world, when I used to sell birds, I used to sell them like, like, you know, it was very easy because I bred African greys, I bred poicephalus, and I handled them. So I hand-fed them, I handled them a lot. So when they went home with these people, you know, they were really easy to handle. So I said, I'm going to do the same thing with snakes. Well, not so much with zebras, but I'm looking for a snake that doesn't, doesn't you know, even as a hatchling is not so nervous, you know. And right. he said brettles. So, of course, when he, about that time, I had seen you, Eric, speak at Tinley. I think that was your first Tinley. And Justin, oh too, was there. Yeah. And Justin mentioned, Justin mentioned <laughs> picking up a brettle off the street in Australia, just picking it up. It was either uh-huh. the brettles or the inlands he was talking about. But I said, brettles and inlands, that's where I got to go. I mean, these are, if they're as mellow as they're talking about, that's where I got to go. So I started bugging Nick immediately about het stonewashed and I picked up a 50% will head 60 and a, another 60. Okay. Um, so I had already gone through my first breeding season with the jungles and had nothing. And now I'm trying my second season with the jungles and my brettles are coming into three years. Mm-hmm. I had already picked up, hypos so i picked up a hypo um a hypo pair and then a forest female nice so those those were not ready but i i didn't care you know and and i just <laughs> you know i look back on my records and i i i think you know did i power feed these guys because you know it's not probably not a good idea to to feed a carpet every three to five days, the largest meal they'll take. And I looked at my records and I never fed them more often than seven days, you know, every seven days. There were okay. maybe once or twice and I fed them uh, six days apart. And there were plenty of times where I was distracted and didn't feed them for 10 or 14 days. So I think what I probably did more than anything was just bump them to the next meal when they were ready. Gotcha. Um, and I could, so this is, this is, uh, not this past year, but it was the year before, 2015-16. And uh, I had everybody pumped up for November cooling. And uh, everything went. And I, and I was just, I was in trouble, man. I, I, <laughs> had, everything, I had everything in place just in case. Right. But I didn't expect everything to go. So I have uh, a 90-slot hatchling rack another 24 on the side. I had a brooder that would take like eight of those big Sims and uh-huh. it was completely full. It was completely full. I was panicking, but you know, <laughs> uh, I kind of kept it together at the same time. I met, um, you know, the, I get all my cages from Ed Lilly. Um, okay. Uh, constrictors Northwest. And uh-huh. he was learning to play the drums and, uh, okay. I've been playing drums since I was a kid. Um, and so, you know, the two of us spent a lot of time on the phone. It was, it was, it was beneficial for both of us. I was helping him out. You know, he would call me and say, my snare drum sounds like shit. 
And I'm like, what? <laughs> and we would spend, we'd spend an hour on the phone trying to get his snare drum to sound right. You know, when you're first picking up an instrument, it can really be a pain. Sure. Um, and so I felt, I felt his, his pain. And uh, he had to listen to me, ask him a thousand questions about carpets. But it was really, you know, um, the second year when things really hit, and it might have uh-huh. been, I'm trying to think back, it might have been my third year of giving the, the carpets a shot, the uh, jungles, the zebras. Really, the difference was uh, feeding them up, giving them a rush of feed, and then taking them, you know, taking them down a couple weeks before the cooling, and then the temps. So, believe it or not, I live in an apartment, mm-hmm. um, and I'm surrounded by my snakes. And I always think someday I'm going to get a snake room, you know, a snake room in a house. But I don't know if I would like that. I mean, because I work from home. I'm a computer program, software programmer, and uh, everywhere I turn, there's there's animals, and I kind of like that. And uh, <laughs> most of what I have is pro stacks from, from Ed, and, you know, I've got uh, LED lighting in them. So it kind of looks like the reptile department, you know, the reptile room at the, at the zoo, you know? And that's, right, that's right. What I, that's, that's what I sit in all day, so it's pretty cool. So the, the – uh, year before last when, when everything went, I made sure that my jungles were 69 and I have my brettles on an outside wall. Um, they're in a, they're in a stack where they're on an outside wall and to the side, well, actually both sides are windows. So I didn't get them real cold. I don't think they went below 60, but I know they were a good five to seven degrees cooler than than uh, the jungles and the darwins um and i was i was freaking amazed because they're not ready and my i just got lucky man my my uh albino or my um albino, my hypo male that mm-hmm. was two years two years old i could see that he, you know this is december i'm putting them in with the with the female and i could see mm-hmm. that he's he's just he's all excited and in January, I started seeing locks. And oh, I, wow. You know, I, was, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm calling up Nick constantly, and he's like, stop calling me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, I'm, and I'm calling up uh, Ed Lilly and describing everything because I can't believe it, you know. And you know how it is. When you, when you, when you get locks, sometimes it's, a, it's just – and sometimes uh-huh. you're, you're just not sure. And you don't want to bother them, you know. Right. As much as I'm always amongst them, I don't, you know, it's like when they're doing their thing, I, I don't, I don't want to bother them, you know, but right. there's, they've got, they've gotten used to the fact that they live amongst me. Um, it's a very sunny room, you know, so it's very different than most guys who have their stuff in a, uh, in a steak room and uh, the lights go on and off and they enter the room once a day. And um, I do have hides on everything. So I think that helps for my situation. If they want to be alone, they just go and hide. I'm really, you know, going back to that whole quarantine experience. Um, I'm very meticulous. Every tub gets opened every day. Um, there might be um, a few times a month where I'll clean late so I can skip the next day just because I can't hit it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you live amongst them and you have, you know, 90 hatchlings, if you've got five poop soups, you're – you smell like poop soup, you know? Right. <laughs> so I, I try and catch them immediately the day they make poop soup. And 
um, I just stay on top of them. Cool. All right. Um, I don't know. Rob, do you want to jump? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So that, yeah, I I could just keep going if you want. So that's pretty much the carpet world. So I have, um, uh, a albino female Darwin Mm -hmm. and, uh, het male. So I always think about holding back, um, albinos and just doing albinos, but I really like the natural look of the head. So I kind of like that pairing. Um, I am doing some stuff with Brett Eli where I'm, I've got some, a uh, couple female stripes. There's a local guy, uh, Troy Myers that um, I'm doing some stripe with him where he kind of borrowed me one and I'm trading for another one. So I'm, I'm hoping that my hold back. So I held back a pair of stone wash. I held back, a pair of um, hypo fours, and I held, held back a pair of hypos. I'm hoping to take the stone washed to stripe and the uh, hypo to stripe. I'm hoping this year, but it'll probably be next. Um, I could talk a little bit um, about the hypo fours. So, you know, I was raising up the fours and the hypo, and, and I saw what the hypo had to offer, and it's this big bling, no black orange you know it's it's they're they're awesome snakes and then i looked at my fours which eric you've called the the poor man's hypo before yeah uh, <laughs> i said you know this this hypo is awesome but let's add a little bit of red tone to it and that mm-hmm. pretty much hap- that pretty much happens so you've got the reduced black all hypos get some level of black eventually um as hatchlings you know like if there's seven shed or so there's very very little black um, and they've got a different tone to them. It's more of a, a reddish tone. So that was, that was pretty cool um, to kind of have the, the vision to add a little more red to it, you know, tweak the tone, and it, it actually happened. Right. Um, you, mentioned that, uh, you mentioned that stripe. So the striping is coming from the uh, female. My female... Okay. Uh, hypo has some striping in there. I'm going to send you. So this is the picture that you were looking at. And then this is that animal after two sheds, I believe. And this is that animal after a bunch of sheds. So unfortunately, that snake's still here, but it's sold and it's going to go out. So I didn't, I didn't hold back any stripes because, they're, well, they're not genetic stripes. You know, they're striped looking stripe right type. but that's mm-hmm. that's a big that's a lot of striping you know um yeah yeah i didn't that's hold really cool back because i got two males that were striped like that and nick had one male and we just looked at it and said i i, I was never really much for stripes and you can't do a lot with three males so I, I let them go but this year i have a female that's showing a lot of striping so i'm kind of kicking myself and what i'm going to do is i'll probably hold back some hypos that have striping like that and then breed towards that and see what happens. Um, just because sure. it's, it's, it's kind of cool looking. So, yeah, um, it's, well, it's really cool looking at it. <laughs> so what else do I have? So this this coming year will be the first year that I graduate and breed my, my own snakes. I've got a whole back jungle. It's pretty hot that I'm going to breed. And um, I'm going to send you some stuff again. So 
I got a whole back jungle that's pretty hot, and I've got a really interesting thing with um, some zebras where the male is pretty cool. That's the whole back jungle. This is the this is the male. It's like uh, I think the second snake I bought from Nick. It just oh wow, it, it rocks. And then here's his daughter. Now his daughter's a re- reduced pattern, and it's almost like they're the same snake, but they're reversed. Where he's black, she's yellow. Or she's yellow, he's black. Wow, so that zebra is wild. So I'm going to take those two to each other. Oh wow! So this is the this, this is the beauty of of breeding all the snakes, right? We get mm-hmm. these holdbacks and we get to play around with stuff. So that's yeah, the project absolutely. for uh, this year. I I'm, I know for sure that jungle is going to be ready, and I think the zebra is going to be ready. She's just about up to size. She's old enough, but it's she. Uh, I'm trying to remember now, she's a mouser and <laughs> so is the jungle. <laughs> Uh, and that, that'll probably change after they have a, a, a clutch. Um, I wanted to also show you uh, what I was talking about, and I'm assuming that Jill, you can post these or not post them. It's up to you. But um, yep. here's, here's the a forest. Here's the a forest female, and you can see that she's got kind of a red tone to her. And then here is a hypo. And and you see that it's really white. Um, so then what I was looking for was taking that white washed out orange and adding some red to it. So that's where I came. That's where I was going with with that. Um, okay. And, I, you know, I'm really lucky because uh, not only did Troy help me out with some stripes, so I'll be able to do that probably next year, but um, I have a customer now, a friend that, is he bought a um, male um, hypo of fours. So here you get an idea of adding the red to it. So you can see some of those red tones. And he takes this snake out in the sun, no flash, mm-hmm. and just kills it with pictures. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. That is what Now this is a, this is a hypo you're saying? Or this is the hypo of fours. So hypo of fours. Um, yeah. So uh, I know um, a lot of people are talking about. You know, what are we going to call them? We call you know hypo to hypo, hypo of fours. I'll cross a uh, hypo. I'll cross to a fours. Or you could say fifty-fifty. Um, hypo of fours, hypo, and you know. But his photography is. You know, I told him that. Um, at some point when I have snakes for sale, um, I'm going to wow. come to your place and you're going to take all my photos. So, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> so here again, this is this is the hypo, okay? That's, that's my hypo pair. You see how they're really white, uh, uh-huh. white and orange, which is which is awesome. And then here is the forest female that I took to that hypo male to add some of that red in there. Okay. And here, here's another... Here, this is for you, uh, Eric, because you mentioned uh, you mentioned this is just a standard, plain old bread lie. Oh wow! Guess what line it is? Price. That's LASIK line. That's LASIK, LASIK line. 
Oh wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the uh yeah, and, and you know what kills me? I that's another snake I should have kept because my first year that I bred them, I had the 50 and the 60, remember, females? That 50 mm-hmm. didn't prove out, so I sold her. But that would have been a regular, plain old LASIK, and I should have kept it. Because now I'm looking at, I want to have, like, one of every brettles, right? And if, <laughs> I, hold <Yeah>. back, <laughs> if, I, if I hold back one of my normals, that's not really normal because it's 66 possible head. So that right. would have been a normal I could have held back because that, that female didn't prove out. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm going at with, with brettles. That's where I'm going at with my, uh, jungle carpets and my zebras. And I'll probably repeat the albino. I really dig the albinos. Um, you know, and Nick talks about it a lot. Um, some of them will throw, um, pinks and, and purples. So okay. this is my, this is my female, Looks like most of them, you know, that are exposed to a flash. And then this is uh, this is another snake that I sold Adam. And you could see, you know, to the eye, it's not going to be that pink and that purple, but that's the sun with no flash, you know. Um, and I've got a whole back sitting on my desk and an 18-inch cube that's got those, you know, it's got those pink and purple tones. Uh, wow. The pure Darwin albinos have. Uh, so I'll, I'll repeat that breeding for sure. Um, this is, uh, I was really lucky the first year I, I struck out, but I did um, last year get the pygmies going. Mm-hmm. So this is another, you know, you had an Australian uh, breeder on. And, it, you know, one of the things I did in the last couple of days was I binged on your program. You know, kind of oh, okay. keep you on Netflix when you see a whole uh, series and you watch right, ten episodes yeah. in two days. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> um, he talks about doing the—I forgot what he called it—the snake dance or whatever. But man, I was dancing when when those pygmies locked up. You know, when I caught them locking up. <laughs> and the eggs are so weird, man. They're they're like these thin Alpha. shells. Um, yeah, I got. I, I I'll get you a picture. The, the eggs are really thin. So I've done uh, other antheresias. I did Stimson eye. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the eggs on, on pygmies um, are crazy because it's really, really thin. They're smaller, and you're convinced that what you've got are slugs, really, because they don't, they don't look like anything. I'll get, you, I'll get you a picture in a second. But they hatched. The problem... I shouldn't say it's a problem. I think um, anybody who gets into them probably knows it, but, you know, it's one of those things where you love the animals and you, you turn a blind eye to the fact that it, it might be uh, more difficult than you thought. So this, this picture doesn't really show it, doesn't show it that great, but that hue is not, it's not right. It should be white. It's got like this weird brown hue to it. And they're, they're really, they look really delicate, but they, Hatched out fine, just like all the other uh, snake eggs that I've hatched. But the babies, uh, at this point, I'm still feeding them mice legs and mice tails. Little drumsticks, um, sure. Yeah, little drumsticks. And little drumsticks are really a pain because they're sharp, you know. So I take my uh-huh. beautiful scissors um, and I trim them. But you got to be careful. And a couple times I was... I'm pretty sure that I shoved something down there I shouldn't have, you know. But they're all <laughs> they're all alive. They're all shedding, 
but they're not eating. They rely on me, you know. So it's, right. it's, I know sure. it's just a matter of time, but I know for sure now that I have two pairs, one from each line, and I can offer um, unrelated pairs, and I'm not breeding the next season. <laughs> because I got, a feeling, I got a feeling these hatchlings will still be eating they'll be eating from me, you know. I feel like I'm rescuing <laughs> snakes, you know, forever. Nice. <clears throat> um, I've got uh, two, this does me absolutely no good, but I have two uh, double-head IJs that I'd like to find a boy for. Uh, mm-hmm. Exantec. Um, granite? Uh, and granite, yeah. I'm nice. working, uh, Steve, Stephen Katz, another guy that, um, I befriended and and I'm trying to get a, a mail from him, and I know uh, somewhere down the line I'll be able to get a pair from Nick. But you know, uh, like anything else, you know, it's you get this you get a rush, man, and you you need <laughs> you know right. And man, when I when so I was true. when I was when, when I was on the phone with Nick, and I'm like, these brettles are are awesome. What do you have? What do you have? And you know, it's like anything else. If you don't keep bugging them. Um, they forget. They, they talk to a lot of people. I do the same thing with Matt Most. So Matt Most is, you know, when he discovered my passion for mandarins, then then we became friends. <laughs> he, came, he, he came here, helped show me how to, to, to pop mandarins, um, talked about my husbandry, because mandarins are a whole different deal, you know. But I, right. I, I bug him all the time. And Matt's the kind of guy that will say, yeah, sure, thanks for for hitting me up again because obviously everybody, you know, over time is going to forget. So about every three or four months, I remind him of my shopping list, you know, and it's all yeah. locality, locality and, and line bread and, and uh, morph uh, mandarins. And, you know, he's, he's trying to get, he's tried to get me into, or I shouldn't say try to get me into, but offering me other Asian rat snakes, but I just totally stuck with pretty much totally stuck with mandarins because, if I'm going to have a collection that has everything, you need space for it. And there's only so many drawers you can have in an apartment. Right. Um, sure. So for for carpets, I have those IJs, double-head IJs, and I have a pair of scrubbies. Oh, cool. Or, what r- kind? Ruffies. Ruffies. Oh, ruffies. Scrubbies. <laughs> Got ruffies, <it>. yeah. <laughs> cool. I wish I had scrubs. No. Um, yeah, the rough scales are, you know, and everybody that gets on the program and talks about them, they're, they're 100% right. Um, they just feel different. Eric, you have a pair, right? No, it's Owen that has, uh, has, Owen the rough, has scales. rough scales. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will get them, them at right? some point. What's that? You've handled them, right? Oh, yeah. 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 They're yeah. awesome. They're very cool. They're awesome. Yeah. So I'm shuffling some stuff around. I'm trying to get them into. Uh, a cage that uh, Ed made that's split in the middle and has the you know the natural background, and then mm-hmm. I'll get the camera out and go crazy. Uh, right now they're in tubs and it's killing me. But I open the tub every day and I look at them and, and it's amazing. And everybody t- everybody else talks about this too. The personality, you know, when, right. when I was calling Nick two or three years ago or f- three or four years ago. Um, he should have said rough scales are pretty laid back, but at that point, I don't think he even had rough scales at that point. No, I so, think he maybe he had them, but I know he didn't breed them. Cause, uh, yeah. So this was, I think he got Owen's again. mail. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the, you know, the, that first clutch he got, they came from Nick. So everything other than that pair of IJs, my pygmies, 
everything's from Nick. Yeah. So my apartment's an extension of Nick's Nick room. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really so a common I'm, bond with Eric honest, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah honest, no suit. Honest, God, thanks, thanks, <clears throat> thanks, you know, uh, thanks to Nick and, and Matt most, you know, I mean, I, one of the questions you had sent me a list of questions and you talked about mandarins and working with wildcats. I've only done that once. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, I got a locality mandarin from Bushmaster and it's just, it really scares the hell out of you, you know? And when you got, yeah, breeders like it's, it's Nick, when you got breeders like Matt and, and Nick that you can buy from and you know that the stuff is clean, it's, it's a blessing. And I really freak out. I mean, with the whole situation I had with the birds, I'm mm-hmm. I'm real nervous about about disease, uh, God forbid mites. So like when I go to a show, I spray my shoes with verbenamite, and I come <laughs> home and I put I put my clothes in the, in the washer and I and I you know I shower, man, because I'm just I'm paranoid. But it was the same thing with birds. I mean that's where I get that from. Uh, right. There's PDD, I think it was called, and and beacon feather disease. So when you went to a bird show and birds are horrible because what do they do? They ruffle their feathers. There's dust all over the place. You know, whatever's in that room is all over the place. So I'm, I'm a right. little bit on the paranoid side, I guess you would say. I did one show. <laughs> I did one show. Um, and that worked out okay. But you know, it's like people start approaching your, your table with a snake and you're like, no, <laughs> no, you, you don't. You don't know. I, and I guess, I guess, disease-wise, it's not that bad. It's really the parasites and the mostly the mites that you got to worry about more than anything. I don't know. Yeah. You guys can tell me more than you guys can uh, tell me about it because you know, like I said, I haven't done many shows. I attend Tinley every year because I'm only 45 minutes away, but a uh, little, little paranoid about that stuff. So, yeah, well, I mean, I said this story before, but the first time I did Tinley, uh, it was me and Julie shared a table, and the the guys that were next to us, you know, they had like they were flipping snakes, and they had these indigos, and there were they had mites, and like you know, we just like sprayed preventamite across the barrier, <laughs> you know, and hoping that luckily nothing uh, <laughs> nothing happened, but you know. Yeah, you get nervous, scary. you know. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Move you your table? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've, but, I've uh, learned a couple of tricks of the trade too. Um, I bought so besides the cages coming from Ed, I buy all my. Uh, so here, let me talk about this. My hus- husband tree is a little bit different. Okay, so everybody has a snake room. I have my apartment. Tom Ed uh-huh. loves me because I pay them to cool me, and I pay them to heat them. So it's kind oh, okay. of <laughs> counterproductive. It's kind of counterproductive, but but it works. It's just expensive. So right. I have uh, pro product pro product heat panels in all the cages, and uh, I think the guy's name's Bob over there. And I've talked to him about uh, mites. So you know he's taught me a couple things. You know when I go buy my live rodents, you know besides the shoe thing and the shower and the and the clothes and the washer, when I buy my rodents, my my I bring my own tubs and I treat the tub. So by the time I come home with the rodents, the rodents are treated because you could bring them home on rodents. Um, and, you know, he's talked about treating bags and treating cages, you know, when, when you're going to shows and stuff. So there's, okay. there's things to, to do to help that not happen, but uh, it is, it's, it's pretty scary. 
I've never heard uh, <clears throat> that it comes on rodents, huh? That's interesting. Absolutely. So you feed live? Yeah. Live? What, yeah, so one of the things Bob taught me was that um, there are he's, – he's like super heavy studying all the species of mites. There are uh-huh. mites, red mites, red mites that'll, that'll go both um, lizards and snakes, and there are also species of mites that will live on rodents and ant snakes. So, and one of the reasons I, I learned this too was early on when I got my first uh, pro exotic pair of uh, mandarins. At that point, I had a few corn snakes and I had the mandarins, the latisanctus, and I was I would take everything to the vet because that's what I used to do with the birds. The birds uh-huh. I would go to Delta Dash, pick up the birds, go straight to Niles Animal Hospital, and uh, have the birds checked out, and then bring them home. So right. with the snakes, I, I didn't do that, but I everybody got a checkup and fecal, they they checked all their their stools fecal, and they found uh, pinworms in in a pair of the snakes. So I treated with Panicure and got rid of them. But one of the, one of the other things they found is mites, and they said it wasn't a species uh, that would be on a reptile, so it was on the mice. Huh. So yeah, so yeah, you can you can get mites from. But the other thing is, you got to think about if you go to a show and buy live rodents, guess what? The mites are all over the show. Right. So you can you, they can always be in the the little because I don't breed mice <laughs> in an apartment right now. In my closet, I have like four or five hoppers that I've had for like a week. But huh. it's kind of crazy, but. In this this time of the year, usually what I do, once a week on Monday nights, I drive one hour one way to Moni, Illinois, to get my live rodents, because not all the carpets are going to take frozen thawed hoppers. I try, but you can you know some of them you just got to start on hoppers, and uh, I just refuse to have the stink in my apartment of, of mice, you know. So yeah. I drive and I go get them. And, and what I do before I leave, I have my little critter carriers with um, with aspen in it, and I spray that down, you know, in the afternoon, and then in the evening I go pick them up. So I know if for some reason that that place has mites, I'm not bringing them home, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So, yeah. I mean, certainly, I think the big issue you're going to be running into there, right, is that a snake mite can survive on those mice. And then, uh, then come home to you. Most of the species that actually feed on the rodents, I don't think they're going to be able to fulfill their reproductive cycle um, on the snakes. But certainly, I get right. you, and it's good to to be cognizant of it, you know, because you just, yeah, any creepy crawly, you know, it's we keep snakes, but you don't want it to be dealing with those bugs, you know. So no, I'm totally with you, and I think it's really good that you let that dissipate because that would concern me a little bit, you know, feeding stuff that's been exposed to it, but if you're letting it air out first so you're getting the exposure but not, not direct right. contact with those fluids, you know, I think that's really, uh, that's probably making all the difference in the world for you, to be honest. Yeah, and Bob's a fun guy to talk to. If you talk to him, he'll he'll tell you they did some studies on, you know, rodents exposed um, to the preventamite and then consumed by the snakes, um, which is interesting. I mean, Again, there's another person in the business filling a void that we really needed needed filled, you know. So uh, I respect that. Um, 
going back to the pygmies, I've tried the scenting. Um, I know uh, I've, I've had some reptilinks for a while, um, the uh-huh. frogs, and I've had frog juice for a long time, and now I have the anole juice, the gecko juice, and more frog juice. Oh, and I have fish juice too, which is funny. <laughs> fish juice is like, you know, I have a lot of Asian friends and they, they cook with fish sauce. It's probably, <laughs> uh, it just cracks right. me up that I have fish, fish, fish juice. juice in my freezer for snakes. <laughs> um, but I, unfortunately, I haven't had any luck yet. And I think it's probably because my pygmies are just not large enough yet. I have to keep pushing them. And I've done, you know, again, spending all that time on the phone with Nick, I've done exactly what he, you know, he's, he, he goes crazy trying to get these things to, things to eat. So he takes that. I bought a bar of hunting soap and washed down live pinks and then basted them. And that's Nick's turn because, you know, he's a <laughs> chef. Uh, basted them in the juice and they still kind of won't take them. And the, the basting just kind of, for me so far, it just means they look a little different the next morning when they dry up. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. It's, it's not pretty, but yeah, it'll work I, sooner or later. I, I think you make a really good point in terms of those pygmies, especially, you know, dealing with uh, alternate little baby gray bands and stuff. But, yeah, some, sometimes it's a size question, whether it's alternate or theri or pygmies or whatever it is that, yeah, I mean, it's just it, – Literally, maybe you could eat the smallest newborn, fresh newborn pink, right. but anything right. over that, even by the end of that day that it's born, you know, and if it maybe it's not even sort of a, a dwarf mouse, right, you know, or a small, a runt mouse, you know, then it's too big. Right. So I think that's probably part of it, too. There's the, the will, but not the way, you know. Yeah, so with our carpets, it's like you just got to get them to recognize it's food or be aggressive enough to strike and wrap, but with these pygmies, it's almost like they're so small. It's like they're intimidated, you know, by, by the, the size of the food. But, sure. you know, everybody I talk to says, once you get them to a certain size, and, and I know once you get them started, they're just going to, they go nuts. Pygmies, just like Bredeli, have this really strong feeding response. Um, right. It's, it's not uncommon to open up the tub where it's the fourth one and everybody else has been fed and the head comes out before you can open the drawer. <laughs> and they're, they're, looking uh-huh. for, they're looking for that hopper, uh, but the pygmies yeah, are no, awesome. I, you know. it, yeah, they really are. I mean, I produced some too. The funny thing, I, I sent Eric the picture. You know, my eggs didn't look like that. So, so I don't know. Maybe oh, really? that was just sort of a weird one-off. Thing. Yeah, they look yeah, normal. I don't have a great really? picture of it. The first I first thing I did was around him, but... say, "Say, dude, these these eggs aren't normal." And he says, "Yeah, they they look like that." Because the first year, I got slugs and one, and it was even worse. It was like almost hmm. like you could watch the baby develop in it. You know, it was it was just weird. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And then this this time they were they were kind of weird too. But uh, yeah, interesting. It might. But they hatched out. Uh, so you know, good thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you know sure. if I ever breed them again if they look normal. <laughs> not oh my goodness. Not this year. I got to get past this first. Oh question. my. <laughs> you know, talking about the, the feeding response in the animals. So a lot of people um, talk about bredeli. And they, they, I've even hear, heard people say, my bredeli is my most aggressive snake. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, what the hell are you talking about? And the one thing I noticed is it, I, I talked in, um, I talk a lot about uh, having an understanding with your snake. So, like, when I have a mouser, 
I try and get to the understanding that, okay, I'll give you the first mouse, but I'm going to leave the rest here because I'm not going to feed you one at a time. And some of them will do it and some of them won't. And mm-hmm. all my snakes, all my snakes know a paper towel roll. So if I'm going to go in a cage <laughs> and uh, even, even during the day, like I've got, you know, a jungle today that for some reason, everybody pooped today. It was a pain in the ass, but, um, I had to get her on the other side of the cage, and she's she's pretty aggressive. So she knows paper towel rolls. She knew it wasn't feeding time, and she kind of just backed off. And the bread lie the same way. The worst-case scenario is they they bite the paper towel roll, empty paper towel roll, and my bread lie always turn around and walk away is the way I say it um, when, they hit the, when they know the paper towel roll is there and it's not feeding time. So they don't smell mice. They don't smell rats, and I'm – I'm touching them. They just kind of walk away, and I just pull them out, and they're cool about it. Um, that's another thing that really Nick was the one that taught me, that paper towel roll, because I was on the phone with him one day, and I told him that I had a Woma. I don't have any Womas anymore. Um, struck my shirt right. and uh, was hanging on my shirt. I took my shirt off, mm-hmm. put him back in a cage, put him back in a cage without my shirt on, and wait for him to let go of the shirt, and then <laughs> took the shirt off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he oh, said, wow. uh, try, the paper to- try the paper towel roll. So I did that. And, right. uh, yeah, that, I used to call that snake bastard. <laughs> no, matter, <laughs> no matter what he would strike. No matter what he would strike. And some of them are just, they're just like that. And uh, Womas are one of those snakes that you don't want to. They're you know, on, man. Like, well, yeah. They're, once they're on, they're on. They're kind of like the pit bull, right? Um, right, yeah. I had a hog island boat trying to eat paper towels like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're they're awesome snakes. Lomas are awesome snakes. I know um, Ed Lily has a pair, and I had a pair, and he, he kicks himself that he never bought my pair. It was just that one snake. And, you know, um, like I said, I can handle most of my snakes, but some of them, you know, they're just, they've got an attitude, and it's not going away, and that's who they are, and I can live with that. So, Gotcha. Um, I think I'm kind of exhausted um, my carpet collection and what I got going on, and I could talk about mandarins if you want. Yeah, I just had two questions about bread lie that came in. Um, sure. So one was uh, maybe you could touch on how long, uh, how long and cold that you take your bread lie, uh, I guess, when you're going to be breeding. Are people sending the questions in, or is yeah that's from you? Oh, really? Cool. No, no, no. The other yeah. thing, I didn't know people sent in questions. I didn't know. Can I call this line when when you're live and just listen? Yep. I don't have to be a, a okay. I didn't know yeah. that. That's pretty cool. All right. There's so about the bread alive. Ten people listening now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great because I hate I hate streaming. You know, when I'm driving, I hate streaming. I could just put on my headset and listen to it. Mm-hmm. On the phone. So the red eye, you know, all my carpets, I really treat them all identical, even the um, even the antheresia. So everybody is maintenance all summer. And right about now, beginning of September, I start, you know, rather than every 10 to 14 days, I'm doing every seven days. And they're getting bigger meals. So my red eye are probably – one of the cool things about doing this show is I pulled some snakes out and measured them. Um, mm-hmm. My my small hypo is about male is like five feet, 
my um, my stone washed head stone washed male is like six feet. And I would say my females are about six or seven feet. They're obviously much more chunky. Uh, mm-hmm. I feed them more. So maintenance for a male is a small rat every seven, every 10 to 14 days. And maintenance for the females is medium rats, 10 to 14 days. And then I'll start feeding them for about a month, month and a half, um, large rats for the females and mediums for the males every seven to 10 days. Okay. And then uh, I'll stop for two weeks uh, before cooling. I cool around November 1st. And I do, yeah, that's why I started to talk about, you know, husbandry is different because I'm in an apartment. I don't have a snake room. So my mm-hmm. room, like right now, it's 74, 73, 74, because I'm mm-hmm. running my AC and it's like, <laughs> it's, the funny thing is, is it's, it's probably cooler outside, but if I don't run the AC, it's going to be hot in here. So it's, again, it's kind of crazy, but um, <laughs> so November, yeah, it's, it's nuts. So in November, what I'm doing, I either have timers where the heat goes off or mm-hmm. some of them have thermostats with uh, night temps and I do the night drop as big as I can. So it's the same difference as shutting it off and I'll shut it off for three hours for a week then six hours for a week, then nine hours for a week, and then 12 hours. So I'm, I'm doing a grab and I, and I okay. keep it at 12 hours, 12 hours for, uh, I guess it's two months. So November, December, I'm down December and January. I'm bringing it back up in February and I bring it up back up the same way, but quicker, like four hour increments. So it comes back up in three weeks. I don't just bring it right back up. Um, And I'm pairing like in December, uh, January. And I'm seeing, uh, you know, for me, the jungles and the the zebras, what turned it around is my Darwin male. He's a, he's a combatter, man. He, he loves, he gets so, he gets so worked up that at one point I combated him with the jungle then I combated him with a zebra and then I took him out to put him with his female, and he started combating me. And then he started. Com- then he was combating the female, and I couldn't. I couldn't go near the cage. Oh for, my! You know, if I went to open the cage for like three or four days, he was going to combat me. So oh, he's wow. <laughs> he was he was the difference of getting my my jungle my zebras going. And the year before that, he was kind of too young, but he was swimming his cage. I mean, he was just. You, you've got those snakes that. They look like a goldfish where they just swim around their cage all the time. That's what uh-huh. he's doing the whole winter. The whole winter, I'm pairing up snakes, and he's going nuts, like, get me get me with the female. But he was really – I thought he was too young. He probably wasn't. Same thing with my pygmies. I, I did them probably a year later than I could have. But there's uh-huh. nothing wrong with that. It's, it's probably better for the snake anyways. So yeah. um, that's that's what I do. In well, maybe better for you. Who is the trouble you had? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Because man, when he was combating me, I, I again I call up Nick and say, Nick, this snake is—he's just killing everybody, including me. He's combating me. He's like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> you know. So, oh my. <clears throat> the other thing that I've done with, um, I never combated a brettle, and and I I think Nick does that, and I guess it's probably just a stroke of luck that I never needed to. Uh, my male's just locked on. 
so I probably won't. I mean, I did it two years in a row with, with no combat. Maybe in the future, if I'm trying some newer males that, that I see are doing nothing, maybe I'll try combat. But I haven't had to do that. And the other thing that I did differently with the bread line, I did the same thing with the inlands. So the inlands, again, they're on a outside wall, and they're in the bottom cage, so they're cooler. So okay. the brettles and the inlands, I, I, the only difference is they're doing the same timeline, but they're in an area where they're going probably five to ten degrees lower, maybe seven degrees right. lower. I don't think I, I don't think I took them below sixty, but it's definitely cooler. And uh, the older snakes at the bottom, so I think she could probably handle it better. I get nervous. I haven't had an. I'm going to knock on wood again. Two pieces of wood. I haven't had an RI yet, um, so I and that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of nervous about. And the the inlands, I didn't breed them last year, just because I've got some. I still have some some males around here. I love inlands, but they they just um, again under underrated and, and uh, not too many people looking for them. Sure. But um, I got a little nervous last year because I didn't um, breed them and they were kind of slow to come back up. And I thought uh-huh. I was going to wind up with our eyes, our eyes, but I didn't. And the reason I got nervous is because they're in a cool area, and I thought maybe they got too cool. But they were fine. The other thing that I did different that I don't, you know, when you try, I guess I try and feed after the warm-up just they're ovulating, I guess, or if they're holding, you know, if they're, if they're going to go. Um, I like to try and feed the females just to see, just to prove that they won't eat, which is kind of probably stupid, sure. but I, I, I was doing it. And, but mm-hmm. the brettles and the inlands, boom, they eat. You nailed it, yeah. Right, yeah. They eat immediately after. So I was feeding them. And that might have been part of the reason why the animals that were too young went, the mm-hmm. forest female and the mm-hmm. hypo female. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. I did the same thing last year, but I did it less just because mm-hmm. the way Nick put, puts it is poops and, poop and eggs don't mix very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you know, I do give everybody an, uh, a lay box, sphagnum moss in a box. Probably don't have to do that, but I've been doing that. So I did it again, you know, the last two years. And if they poop in it, that's a pain in the ass, you know, because if you're sure. feeding them, they're going to, they're going to poop in it and you don't want them to lay eggs on, on top of poop. But there again, just like the lay box is probably not necessary and they could lay on, on their aspen bedding. Mm-hmm. Um, probably poop and 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 moss isn't that bad for the eggs, but you know sphagnum moss. And I'll talk more about sphagnum moss when I talk about the um, Asian mandarins. Rat snakes, mandarins. But, yeah, yeah, the mandarins. Um, sphagnum moss goes well, sour so pretty one, fast with with curates and stool. Right, for sure. One uh, one quick note, just so I know Eric's dying to hit on it is really you're doing three different, you know, Eric, in terms of your critical factors, I think we're hitting three here with an implicit fourth, right? So we've got food cycling, we've got temp cycling, we've got light cycling because you're working out of an apartment, right, not a room in your basement with controlled lighting, right? So you're getting an influence, and then you're also getting barometric pressure changes, right? So that's three intentional and a fourth that's coming with it, right? Because Chicago, (laughs) you know, you're getting – Pressure changes, yeah. right? So you've got yeah, I'm, four I'm getting, buttons. I'm getting nailed. Yeah, I'm getting nailed by the seasons. And and really, um, like right now, I'm looking at my, all my display cages, which is where all my breeders are. I mean, like my, my male 
Red Eye got smart there in tubs. But um, besides being in a very well-lit room, I mean, all the blinds are closed because I don't want people to look in and see snakes. And God forbid my landlord saw what I'm, <laughs> what I'm having here. But um, it's a very sunlit room, there, so they get the natural <laughs> They get the natural sunlight, and I have LED lights in all the cages. So when I wake up in the morning, uh, I hit the remote and go 100%, and then right now I hit 25%, and then I'll shut it off. So I kind of and, – and in the winter, I make that cycle much much shorter. And when mm-hmm. they're getting ready to lay, sometimes I just don't even turn their cage lights on. I just let the natural sunlight take care of it. So I got two questions awesome. real quick. Um, when you said you were offering food on the uh, on the warm up, were you offering smaller meals or regular yeah. size meals? Okay, smaller meals. Yeah. So meals. once 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 they're on twenty four hours a day heat, it's definitely smaller meals. But you know the, the, everything. Everybody's not taking food except the bread eye, and uh, I just you know you, you take so many notes and you. You uh, you know you try and do everything the way you learned it, and that's one of the things I missed is you don't want to feed on the warm up, but it seemed seemed to seem to work. It's probably not necessary, but again, I'm thinking that man, how would I get them up to weight if I gave them nothing from November to the time they lay their eggs, and and that's the whole time that I'm. You know, and then the rest of the time I'm feeding them. So I almost, I don't know. I've heard of bread eye who's a yeah, bigger, no. heavier snake. I'm thinking a couple small meals after, after the warm-up isn't a bad idea. Ralph, you're talking you know, to I a couple guys here who are big believers that when you uh, when you pull them up from that warm-up, that you can push those follicles to ovulation. If you give them those couple meals, say, hey, man, food's abundant, let's go. So yeah. you know, you're you're totally with the right <laughs> crowd here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and if they're not if they're not eating the, in the meal, eating the meal, then you're a business anyway, so it can't right, hurt to try, right? right? So win win. That's kind of where I was coming from. Now the males, and this is going to the mandarins too, is it might be a little bit different if they're if you're feeding them too much, they they may not be interested in breeding, right? So do you mm-hmm. feed your males too? Sure. I don't. Do you no. give your males meal? No. Okay. No. So no. just the females. Just the females. Yeah. I, I did it. I did it by. I don't even know why I did it. Um, because back when I was first breeding, the first season I kind of struck out the first time I tried, and I don't know if it was a size thing or I just wasn't, you know, consistent enough or didn't drop them cool enough. Um, I don't know. But <clears throat> the following season, I, I think I was talking to Luke Snell, and he said, "Well, because I thought that they were." I thought that they had ovulated, but um, he said, well, give it a meal and see if it eats. If it doesn't eat, then she's probably gravid. So I tried that and she ate. So I was kind of like, oh, shit, she's not gravid. So next right. thing I know, she swelled up. And I, you know, I knew it wasn't the food because <clears throat> I gave her a smaller meal. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It just seemed to work. So then I saw a couple other people doing it and I was like, well, maybe, maybe this is. And I thought about it. I was like, well, in the nature, I would imagine that when it warms up, you know, food will be coming out and, you know, the snake is going to, they're opportunistic. If the food's there, they're going to take advantage, but, you know. Right, right. 
So. Yeah, so if, like I said, if they're already ovulating, then you're in business. And if they're not, maybe it'll help. It's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. So one other question cool. I had about the, the way that your, your setup is. So, like, when you're turning off the heat for, you know, when you're, you're taking it, uh, you know, longer uh, time frame each time, um, what's, like, what's the daytime temperature? Are you doing normal daytime temperatures? And, like, is it just the ambient and then they get a, a, a warmer hot spot? Or, like, how are you working that out? How do you balance that out? Yeah, so everybody's, everybody's the same in the entire room, uh, 90, on the warm side, 80 on the cool side, 80, 82. And what I do on my, uh, what I do in my cages is I put the thermostat on the cool side. Um, and that seems, and then I just temp gun the hell out of it until it's dialed in and make sure and place the, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I would take and prop a, a perch somehow with something and try and figure out where the perch should be so that, the one side's 92 and the other side's 82. Same thing on the on the ground. Um, and thermostats and, and these pro product heat panels allow me to do that. And that's the way they are um, all year except for the cooling. And when the when the when they're cooling those three hours, six hours, nine hours, twelve hours, it's off. So what you're doing there is when you turn it off, it slowly cools down. It doesn't just boom turn to right. you know 69 degrees, um, and that's that's how I do it. Okay. So well, I, I think right some on. people, yeah. some some people from what I'm hearing, are looking at you know the natural temps and kind of doing a heat cycle year round. You know, taking their temps down. I mean. Uh, I'm kind of crazy, and I've got some pectinatas, banana phase, uh, spiny tail right. iguanas around me, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And those guys, you know, the light goes off and they're done for the day. But sure. my my carpets, they're, I mean, there are heat panels on all the time, period. Unless right. they're doing from from November to, you know. They're, they're done with their, yeah, I mean, their it's the difference, cycle. right, between an active basker and a passive basker, right, where the, okay. you know, your snakes, they're feeling that passive heat, whereas the, the pectinata, yeah, I got some of those at Daytona, and then we give them to Denver Zoo, but they, uh, you know, any of those lizards, right, with their parietal, their third eye, right, the parietal eye, they need actually that light associated with the heat to make it work, you know, so that's kind of the difference. So are you are you in Denver? Yeah. Okay, so you know Andy. Yeah. Yep. Andy was one of the guys that used to bug like crazy. Andy well, was one so, of the guys that used to bug so, like crazy when I started with the Mandarins. Yeah, so no, Andy and I are good buddies, and then uh, I had actually worked there taking care of the Asian rats, the Gila's beaded, and rodents uh, two, two different times, but up to 07, or I guess 08 when I went to law school. So, yeah, no, man, I know intimately that whole collection and all those things. I was telling Eric, I was like, man, I'm excited to talk mandarins because, you know, I've bred a couple clutches at home, and I made, I don't know, 20, 25 clutches over when I was working pro exotic. So, yeah, man, we're we're in good territory. We'll get there in a second. I'll, I'll, but, I'll, uh, tell, you, I'll tell you what, man, my, my pro exotic mandarin female, she is a rock star. She... She double clutches every year. 
and if I don't put awesome a nail man. in her, she still she still double clutches and just gives me. She's gonna go with uh, this plug. Yeah. Eight. So this was the first yeah. year I gave her a nail, and I got I got two clutches out of her. And she always lays big clutches. I think I got almost like fifteen eggs out of her this year. Right. She's crazy. Fabulous, man. And, and, yeah, yeah, some of those are almost as big as the Vietnamese stuff. They're great. But uh, one more question that we had come in from the chat. Um, yep. It looks like maybe you've made posts about this before. That's kind of the connotation about differences in temperament between the hypo line and then other lines of brittles. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I didn't really – no, I didn't touch on that at all. But the LASIK line, I notice, super mellow. Um, the hypo uh, – a four, same thing. Pair, when I got them, I could tell they were a little edgy. Never never got bit. Um, I always um, – when I clean tubs, if I need to get the snake out of the cage, I put them on my shoulder, on my bretel eye. Uh, don't do that with my zebras. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, I, the thing I noticed, um, hypo to hypo, uh, my first clutch, they were a little more um, – they had a little more attitude. So not really striking, but bo- but boxing. So – Right. I think, you know, I've heard other guests talk about maybe closer to wild in term of, terms of generations. Sure. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. But, um, you know, as much as, you know, like I'm trying to take pictures of them, I'm putting them in a in a cereal bowl and trying to take pictures of them. <laughs> they're, you know, they're striking <laughs> where where a LASIK line is, is you know, just trying to get away. It doesn't – not going to strike. A zebra is going to strike. A jungle is right. going to strike. Um, so this year, but, and, and they all fed awesome. 75% of them took frozen thaw the first time. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> now, now this right? year, this year they're mellower. And guess what? Mm. They all want to fly here, Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing I noticed, but the, the feisty ones, uh, at a year, Nothing. They're totally mellow. Because I still have some from last year, and they're they're even less nervous than my um, hypo pair when I bought them from Nick. You know, totally mellow snakes. Don't get me wrong. No aggression, but I could tell they're a little more nervous. You know, a little less secure. I guess is the way I'm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, that's really interesting. I just assumed yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question. You know, was how well did they feed if they weren't they weren't aggressive at all? You know, and it, did you see a correlation? It sounds like the answer is yes. Yeah. So same thing with inlands. You know, it's a little harder to get them to feed because they don't want to strike. Right. They don't know. They don't know yep. what it is to to strike and feel defensive or you know show aggression. So. If they don't strike, you know, and, and really I've learned a couple of things this year from the, from the bread lie where I really work them to the point where, you know, at first I was like, you don't want to stress a snake. You know, if, if it's not going to take it, just put it down. Then I got to the point where, okay, I've watched some um, videos that uh, uh, Reptilinks did on feeding. They're really good. You know, 
showing you how to get a snake to feed. I think he does it with a zebra sure. or jungle carpenter or something. And so I started doing some of that stuff, left, left side of the head, right side of the head, behind the head, tap it, you know, tap it on the body, raise right. it way up, you know, three feet in the air, bring it down. Sometimes they sure. just strike it because you brought it down from three feet. What the hell is that? Right. You know, you're just going to. And bring now, it down or bring it away. Year, yeah. This year, the thing I've learned is kind of get the, the mouse, the frozen thawed mouse in their body and just shake it. And sometimes they wrap around it. Uh-huh. And sometimes they sure. strike after they wrap around. Sometimes they're just constricting and you close the tub. Right. And the next morning it's good. And then gone. it comes to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, all, I mean, all I the hatchling wants to do is. Feeders. Sure. Sometimes the hatchling all it wants to do is get out. So it's looking for something to hold on to. Right. They're so running. I let it hold on yeah. To I let it hold on to the mouse, and then I start wrapping and wrapping and wrapping, and then I drop it, and the next day the mouse is gone. You know, so that's funny. Two tricks I'm learning as, as time goes on here. That's cool. Okay, well that's cool. Let's see, we've been hopping every which way here on this list. Um, well, we'll hop to mandarins because that's uh, that's my comfort zone for yeah. sure. Are you doing yeah, them do at the same same temps and same situation as what you're talking about with the the brettles and inlands and stuff? Or are you doing something else? Are you doing a constant so, lower yeah. temp than what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, so here here I am in my main room where I work, and I, I really can only see a couple tubs with mandarins, and uh, everybody else is, is heated up. Um, the first year I did mandarins, I got a pair from Pro Exotics, right? And I did no heat at all. And they bred for me. Mm-hmm. Like two years mm-hmm. later, they bred with no heat. Now, since I've been hanging with Matt most, I learned that a little bit of heat isn't a bad idea. So warm spot sure. is 77. That's it. Right. And they're yeah. kind of, they could be in the same room, but just the way things worked out in space, um, they're in other rooms. And okay. it's not that big of a deal because they're in tubs, you know. So, sure, um, sure, sure. It's not like I can turn around and, and watch them, so it's okay for them to be off in their own room. Um, in terms of what I have, um, so for Chinese mandarins, um, locality, Sichuan, uh, Hunan, um, mm-hmm. and then just normal. Uh, I've got one right. that's, that doesn't really have a locality on it. That's um, just got a ton of red. Um I've got another locality, but it's not really, that's the one I got from Bushmaster. It's not really, it's not even really 100% at this point. People are talking about the, it's probably nothing. And that's probably my. Did those come in as little no, babies? No, no. Oh, no. Okay, uh, that, that's interesting. The only reason I ask is being local here, you know, I go see a lot of that stuff. And I remember we had gotten some of that stuff at Pro Exotics, too, when, uh, when he had, you know, kind of the most recent that I recall, but I think maybe he got it in in 2010 or 2011 that that I don't think we picked up any of that stuff. But, um, yeah, no, I want to hit on all of that stuff with you. You know, I don't know how, how hardcore yeah. interest it is yeah, to Python so these, folks, but, but yeah, lo- I'd like to go through locali- it. Yeah, the locality on those is Chi-Chang. You know, one of the things I did when I started doing locality mandarins is, look up how to pronounce it and, and you know, uh-huh. practice it every day. <laughs> it's it's Chi-Chang. And, 
It looks different. It's got and like so how's that spell? Um, it's got like a star. I don't mean to put you on the spot. But, I just want to see. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no problem. Uh, locality. Uh, Z H E J I A N G. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. Uh-huh. So one of them has that so star you, pattern, you, and one, one's kind of just a regular saddle, and then they said, well, some of them that are from around the mountain don't have that I, You know, it's just like, let's not talk about those. Sure. You know, I don't really call them right. uh, well, a locale anymore. Did those come from Matt, or did you get them straight from Cameron, or what, what happened there? That's that's what I'm saying, Cameron. They came from Cameron. Uh, I quarantined they came it. From Cameron. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you have some of the crump, the crumpy Hunan stuff, right? I do. From I do. So Chinese, yeah, I've got a pair of Sichuan's that came from Crumpkey, and I've got a high red that came from Crumpkey. So in terms of the Chinese, that's that's really all I have is the high red, and then the Sichuan and the Hunan. And the Hunans are really they're really different, um, smaller. Yeah. And the babies are right. what's weird is the babies are like bigger and robust, you know, um, right. compared yeah. to compared to the Sichuan, and that's just weird, you know. Um, and then Vietnamese, sure. I have to uh, right. share the big, some pictures. Big yellow stuff. Yeah, the big yellow stuff that you guys have been looking at. I I saw you guys were looking at that, um, but I also have, and Matt's been doing them. He's got Exantics. Uh, the exantic stuff. Yeah, I was asking Eric before I checked out your page. I was saying, "Hey, does he have this stuff?" I knew Matt had that stuff, and it's a little bit, a little bit funky, right? I think I first saw that stuff about ten years ago. But then, you know, I think Matt, Matt and uh, Nazo Yelly or whatever in in New York, right, had gotten that stuff shorter ago than that. Um, but it's yeah, what so you know, you know a lot of people... with an onset thing. Um, it is, I believe it's recessive, uh, because I have some heads. Um, okay. But with a delayed onset appearance, right? They look a little bit different as babies, but then they change into that kind of form. I just, I just shared one with, with Eric, if he wants to post it, I don't know if he wants to post these to the radio or not, but, um, it's, it just rocks, man. It's, it's almost like a hypo exantic. It's just like, it's black and white. It's got some reds. Um, and you got the red pulling through. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was telling him. I was like, man, it kind of looks like a high white, but then it's popping that red underneath, you know? Yeah, and it was only, you know, when I was the other day, I was I was searching around, and I it was the first time I saw high white. I I never seen high white before, and I came across it the other day. Um, so yeah, I have that high yellow stuff, and uh, I've got a. Maybe high red. I think I think we have more high red coming in, but you would never know it. So the the, the Chinese high reds, you see that red just keep developing, and it's always there, and it's beautiful. Right. And then and then the uh, when they get older, it'll kind of black out a little bit, but it's 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 really really beautiful. And then the high yellows and the high red Vietnamese. It seems like it's going away and then coming back is the way I would put it. Right. Yeah, there's so sort of a, I'm sending, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm here. I'm sending yeah, a Chinese high red to Eric. 
that's like a year old, and then here's uh, uh, a mature adult, and I still have him, and he's going to get, he's even a little bit darker now. But he throws beautiful red babies. And then he, this, awesome. is the pro, this is the pro-exotic animal that double clutches every year. And it's crazy because she picks up these high yellows when she's, uh, when she's, when it's a spring and she's What's ready for breeding. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's really pretty. That's really um, cool. Yeah. No, I, I had sent my own pictures of red mandarins to Eric before, you know, because he got me so excited about it. I was like, and these are wild ones that, you know, you know, how about how well that played out, but beautiful snakes and man, your stuff is awesome. You know, I've always, I told him, you know, I love the rhinos. Those are my favorite. That you know, bread yeah. mandarins plenty of times, but yeah, again, man, seeing your stuff again, kind of inspired me. <laughs> yeah, that's again, Matt's talked to me about rhinos because you know he wanted to cut back his collection or whatever, and I'm like, man, those sure. those are so freaking awesome. But I know if I start with rhinos, then it's just less space for the mandarins, and um, uh, I'm, bu- I'm busting at the seams, you know. <laughs> so well, I get you. I've got some I got some mandarin stuff that's if not this year, then next year it'll it'll mature. So I I believe I've got some uh high red Chinese that are crumpy. You know, like right now I just have a high red and I think it's crumpy male. But I think I've got some right. hatchlings that are now to the point where they should be able to breed this coming season, we'll see, that are like hundred percent crumpy stock. So um, and then I took my Sichuan yeah. Sichuan crumpkeys to each other this year, and those are cool. I mean, they just the parent, the babies look exactly like the parents, as you would figure. Right. You know. um, and it's kind of got the blown out saddles. saddles. The Hunans have the tight saddles, right? Uh, yes. And the the one that I'm missing yeah. and I bug a man all the time is Yunin. So they're a little yeah. bit different too. So. So I measured up my hoonins today, and they're usually about like two and a half, three feet at the most. Uh-huh. I got a big male that's three feet, but the females are more like two feet. And then the Sichuans are a little bit bigger, so most of my Sichuans are like three and a half feet. And then the Vietnamese, I got a I got a monster. Yeah. He's he's almost six feet. He's almost six feet. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I can yeah, yeah, I can yeah, hold yeah. him up, and he's as tall as I am. I took him out today and, and said, how big are you? And I said, okay, you're the, you're the height of the rack and then the width of the rack. Yeah, that's almost six feet. Um, uh-huh. and generally, they're, they're all pretty passive. Um, it's just they're really, they're, again, they're, they're feeding aggressive, but it's not like, um, it's not like a, a carpet python where you can use a paper towel roll. These guys are right. It's a, it's a whole yeah. different animal. So you think you're gonna hold up a mouse, and they're gonna hit it, and you're gonna shake it, they're gonna constrict it? No mm, way, man. Not so much. They take, they take a, a a prey item in their mouth, and they just start running, and just flying around, uh-huh. and going crazy. They take they off just with go it. Crazy. Yep. Matt Matt shared this video with me where, the one I'm talking about that's nearly six feet was on the ground because he opened up the tub. Uh-huh. I think he had two snakes in one tub. And he was feeding them both, and one of them wound up on the ground, and he's trying to he's trying to get it back in in the tub. They're crazy. My, uh-huh. That female from Pro, Pro Exotic, every time I feed her, 
she slaps her body all over the side of the tub. Mm-hmm. Oh, every, yeah, there's fat every, in it, for sure. Every every time I hear a noise, and I think it's like a squirrel outside up against the window or something, it's because uh-huh. that, that fish one is breeding. They just they go nuts and slap the tubs. Um, right. But they're, they're great snakes. To keep. But I think, you know, the, the thing about them is that really they need the moisture. And if I was doing it right, and Matt will be the first one to tell you this, is I would be using peat moss, especially for the Vietnamese. Um, and I've had some Asian rat snakes where without peat moss and a uh, um, sphagnum moss box, they would have really bad sheds. But mm-hmm. peat moss and the sphagnum moss, I, I can't help but get these gnats. So I. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't imagine what probiotics have been like. Um, I don't. I think. I think they stopped using the peat moss, but then they used um, mulch. And, and if you do mulch mm-hmm. and sphagnum moss, and you keep everything wet, you're going to kind of get the same thing. Same thing with the cocoa. Bricks, if you keep that right. wet and spread them off, you get the same thing. So once I had a, a really bad uh, problem with it, I just put the sticky things all over the house and got rid of all the moss, and it right. took a good month, month and a half, and they're gone, you know. And what I do is, one of the reasons I like mandarins is they seem to be smart enough how much moisture they need. So they will... Right. Um, They'll find, they'll find their moss box and spend most of their time in it, and they're okay with shredded aspen. In fact, the hatchlings, are, you know, a couple inches of digging, they're digging in shredded aspen, so it works out really well. It's a win-win. For, it's a win for me and a win for them uh, because, you know, I've got to get the little gnats and they're gone. Right. Yeah, no, I get you. I mean, I think our advantage here, because it's so, you know, advantage and disadvantage, because it's so dry, we were doing cypress and then with sphagnum, you know, access. And, uh, you know, fortunately here, the cypress just dries out. So you're not dealing with that kind of constant wet that's going to facilitate those, uh, facilitate the bug stuff. But no, I totally get you. I think he dropped. Yeah, he dropped off. Did so. he? Okay. I was just mentioning, yeah, he, yeah, I was saying, is it me or is it him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he got choppy there for a minute. I'll have to make sure that he knows to uh, that he can call back in. Yeah. yeah, we should be under the time, so that should be okay. I'm just sending but, uh, drop off. Right. Okay. Cool. cool, man. Well, this has been really cool, you know, and Hey, if you weren't Bogart and all the pictures he was sending you, it'd be even better. But you know, it is what it is, I suppose. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting tons of pictures and sending them uh, out. I mean, some of the, uh, some of the that exanic, exanic, right? Um, yeah. Man, that that's freaking insane. Uh, that's a wacky thing, really huh? That. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. And you know what's crazy is that yeah, I didn't even notice the red until I kind of zoomed in, and then I saw what you're talking about. How you were saying it was like red tipping that was coming through, or yeah, I guess like tipping. Yeah, would probably be the closest thing that I could think of. Um, right. I should, I should probably. And then uh, I I I may have been uh, not paying attention when he was talking about the um, 
a really yellow one. I just shared all the pictures over, but in the chat. But uh, oh, the yeah. one we were okay. talking, talking about earlier was like, holy shit, man, that's really, uh, really something else. That's cool stuff. So you said you've bred these before, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. At the house, maybe a handful of times, and then at Pro Exotics, you know, 20, 25 clutches, something like that. They're, they are cool snakes, man. You know, they're not necessarily my – as I said to him, man, they're not necessarily my favorite, you know, mm-hmm. say for the uh, – man, those wild red ones that I had. But seeing his stuff, you know, kind of gets the juices flowing. You know, <laughs> no doubt. I can't deny that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be buying blood pythons next week, and you'll be buying mandarin rats next week. <laughs> right. Oh, but uh, yeah, at a minimum, nice. I got to call Matt up and be like, "Hey, dude, uh, what's what's the scoop? What's the story here?" I know he was telling me about Ralph, though. You know, when he and I were chatting three or four months ago, you know, and he said, you know, I was saying, "Hey, I saw this dude I hadn't seen before, and he was posting all this stuff on King Snake with these beautiful mandarins and all this stuff." What's you know, do you know anything about this? And he's like, yeah, dude, totally legit. You know, he's way above board and, you know, buy some stuff. <laughs> that was, right. you know, that was basically his message of the whole thing. And I was like, cool. oh, okay. You know, fair enough. So. Yeah, I see he just popped back on, so let's get him back. Hey, Ralph. Awesome. Yeah, back. I'm back. Sorry. I'm back. I don't know what happened. My my phone gets weird sometimes. Uh, no worries. Some kind of an alert, alert came up and I lost you. I thought it was going to be. Casey Cannon all over again, and you'd lose me, period. <laughs> I remember that happened to Casey Cannon, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I think the key I, is just I was, to get to have it happen under two hours so that you can call back in. You know, I've had that problem myself. That's that's the big key. Go. So that's kind of the care of the mandarins and what I'm working with. Um, hopefully this coming So you're running season, them in ambient with a – Sorry. So, so just to clarify, right? You're running a yeah. ambient. What you're doing in your apartment with access yeah. to a mid or upper 70s heat spot, and you're doing that 365. You're not going to cycle them beyond what your room is otherwise no. doing. You're always giving them a hot spot. So, and you're so, you're doing that, no, or you're no, doing no, something no. else. You got to remember, these are rat snakes. Okay, so cycling is different. So, um, first year, second year, um, cooling was in the spare bedroom with the door closed and the heat vent closed. Um, so I got them down in the 40s. And that was November for, for two or three months. No feeding. Okay, so no you are heat. giving them a hard cool. That's what, That was my question. Yeah, yeah. hard okay. cool. Now, this past year, I had some visitors. Uh, I was lucky enough to become a grandfather, and my, my daughter was here for a while. So I couldn't put them in the spare bedroom. But what I did was I just took their heat off and I didn't feed them. And those rooms mm-hmm. that they were in, I tried to keep them a little cooler, but they were never in, in the 50s, really, I don't think. And they pretty much bred the same. I'd say the Vietnamese, maybe not. I didn't get as good a response out of them. But the Chinese, yeah, they bred. But right. So hmm. this year I'm going to do the same thing with the Chinese. I'm going to leave them where they're at. Cut the cut the heat, and you know the apartment's cool because I'm trying to bring the carpets down to 69 at night, you know, and they're right. I think I cut off the register in the room that they're in, and then the spare bedroom's going to have the Vietnamese and some some uh, Chinese, and I will bring them down. I'll do a hard cool, as you say. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that was my that was the weird thing to me. You know, I was going, wow, if he's bringing him without a hard cool, that's pretty interesting. You know. Um, yeah. No. So but, no, that's that's really the, interesting. The Chinese that are in the other room um, last season, I didn't didn't bring them. That, I wouldn't call it a hard cool. You know, I just turned off the heat. And next to one of the racks is the freezer that I use for all the rodents. So it can't be that uh-huh. cool because that that motor is generating heat. But all the time, enough. sure. It was generating heat and, yeah, cranking. Okay. Yeah, hmm. so, so that, that um, I call them Big Red, that uh, red Sichuan is in the bottom tub right next to that uh, freezer. And I cut the food and I cut the heat and he was ready to breed. So I'm hmm. going to do the same thing this year just because then I don't have to move everything in the spare bedroom and I could have more racks if, you know, racks are yeah. in different rooms. You know, sure. more racks means more snakes. Right. No so. doubt. Okay. Well, that's cool. And so you're doing some of this stuff with Matt, or it's all your own stuff, or what? what's the yeah, deal there? Yeah, so um, I do have the Vietnamese projects are, um, you know, a joint project with Matt. Um, okay. The Chinese stuff is kind of all mine. But, you know, we... we we swap sure, you swap stuff back and forth and, and whatever. And yeah, so we're we're already talking about next season, who's going to have what with the Vietnamese. We call them, you know. So sure, no, I get you. Yeah, Matt yeah. just sent me that. Do you remember that uh, sulfur-batized mucosa that Matt had? I remember him talking about it. Okay, yeah, so he sent that to me to play with just because it's a fun, you know. I got oh, all these cool. new cages and stuff, so he sent that out nice. to me just to. You know, to to mess with it and see how it's kind of you know it reminds me of the indigos and stuff in terms of just being very responsive and every day it's like hey dude uh, how about you toss me a mouse and we'll be cool you know that sort of thing so um, yeah, so no I guy. like that a lot that's why I ask yeah so. that's a great guy you know when I started getting into snakes I said I gotta find some people who are smarter than me know more than me and are willing to share the information and you know Nick and and Matt have been extremely helpful. Um, and Matt comes out here, we hang out and we have a good time together. Right on. Yeah. I mean, at this point, at least the way I tell other people, you know, I think he's basically, I like to feel like I have some, you know, a tiny corner of the rhino thing. But other than that, man, I feel like he, he and Stan are the, the rat, the, you know, Asian rat guys at this point, although, Hey, I mean, as I was telling Eric, you know, I was talking to Matt about you not knowing who you were three or four months back, you know, saying, oh, I see this guy posting all these locale mandarins on King Snake. What's, what's the scoop here? And he's like, oh, I know him. He's a great guy, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, fair enough. You know, I just saw all these King Snake ads, and certainly they caught my attention. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you know, it's, it's first of all, it's the love of the animals. And then second of all, just being an honest person and doing whatever you need to do to uh, share what you're learning and share the animals and, Selling them is really secondary, but you know they've got to go somewhere. And then uh, right. people who buy them. People who buy them, you know, you, you I have no problem helping them out. And uh, mo- it's weird because most snake people go away, and some people snake people don't. Um, and when they don't, you know, I'll answer a thousand questions. I don't care. Um, you know, sure. and, and a lot of that comes from being mixed up in the pet industry working for a 24-store pet chain 
where the animals came first. You know, that was an awesome job. I went into right. I went into quarantines where there were thousands of birds and picked out birds and um, met a lot of great people. But all in all, the bottom line was, you know, buy a hundred parakeets for this and sell them for that, and how many died right. in between is a write-off and just get the profit, you know. Um, and that's sure. why. And I know, I know, we got to kill a deal, a deal on those cockatoos, but you know, having to put all those cockatoos down, that just that killed me. You know, twenty years ago, yeah, nothing, nothing to do with animals. And now it's about if I don't ever breed any of these snakes, I'm okay. You know, because I just enjoy them. And if I'm able to breed them, and and and, and people are interested in them, you know, even more so, it's it's fun. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm totally with you. But the, uh... Yeah, and at the same time, we got to respect the guys who do it for a living. And uh, sure. you know, so I'm always talking yeah. with Nick and making sure, you know, you're not, you know, you're selling things. At, at you don't want to step on their toes, <laughs> sure. Exactly. There is such a thing as market price and respecting people's projects and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally you, appreciate I don't know if you can that. Hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but... I've been sick for a few days, and I'm thinking I'm doing the program no matter what. So this is not what my voice normally sounds like. I'm real hoarse. I'm doing the, the right day, cool and, co- well, day cool and, co- and coffee, but I wasn't going to miss this. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, man. You're pulling through like a champ. Yeah, no, it's it's been great. I I know Eric and I have talked about this a lot, and it gets to the point you brought up. You know, So I saw all these great ads you posted, things that are of interest to me, but maybe I'm sitting there going – my room doesn't work great with mandarins or, you know, I don't have the funds or whatever it is. So me, because right. I want to respect the person who posts that, I don't even say anything, right? So all it comes to is then I reach out to Matt, you know, my buddy Matt, and I'll say, hey, Matt, have you seen this? Uh, you know, we're chatting about whatever it might be. And then it's, hey, have you seen this X, Y, and Z? Because I don't even want to, quote, you know, be considered a tire kicker or waste the time or any of these things, right? You know, I want to look yeah, at it and time. say, I'm respecting anytime, your time, you know. Waste my time. Anytime, waste my time. All right, fabulous. Yeah, hit me up and (laughs) share your experiences of what you're going through. It's all good. That's the fun of the hobby. Right on. Well, I'm glad you approach it that way because, you know, certainly I do. I get plenty of emails even, you know, when I don't have stuff for sale. And certainly I get a lot of emails about rhinos, and I end up sitting here saying, hey, go talk to Matt. Go talk to Terry Burwell. Go talk to these other people. You know, that's that's kind of how it goes. But, yeah, you know, rhinos, I appreciate your rhinos, you know? rhino, rhinos are one of those animals that could raise a billion questions, you know. They are just so <laughs> right. They're weird snakes, man. I don't, I don't deny that they're weird snakes. That's and what, what I know way, about them. What weird. I know about them is just really strange, you know. And and maybe someday I'll work with them, but they're they're really cool. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, all this stuff. That's that's the problem. And I know Eric runs into this all the time. Eric, all the time, right? So you'll come on and you'll be pitching mandarins, and mandarins are, you know, fabulous snakes. And so Eric's going to go out, or Owen's going to go out and buy himself some mandarins, and he's going to, the next week, someone's going to be talking about something else, and something else, and something else, and say, you know, next thing he knows, he's got 400 snakes, he's supposed to have 200. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah. So true. The whole potato chip thing. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So, Eric, I don't know what else we got on this list. I know we got a ton of stuff on here, but we've been hopping every which way, so I don't know where we're at, really. Um, I mean, I think we've hit on 
pretty much. Actually, uh, hold on. I, I say but, that, but the one thing that has jumped out to me, beside all the stuff we've already talked about, is Ralph. You had a particularly nice Simpsons on there, kind of a light, a high contrast animal. You do you know what I'm talking about, or do I need to find the picture and yeah, put it on so, the, the so group? The, yeah. Um, I can do that, but the Stimps and I, what it is, is um, uh, it came from two different places. Uh, Justin, it's the, the real clean, high contrast. Yeah, stuff, that, the, that yeah, uh-huh. that adult. That that was from Justin. Oh, okay. He's got, he has, he has killer Stimps and I, and even I think he even has uh, locality stuff that's out of this world. Right, he's got some of that Western stuff that's crazy. Yeah. 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 You know, but there again, um, I like Antaresia, but I, I kind of cut back on the Stimson eye just because uh, I need more tubs for more bread-eye males. You know, I'm just, I'm going to, kind of what I'm doing with mandarins is what I'm going to do with bread I just want to, you know, get one of every, every um, line, every one, sure. one of every morph, and then, you know, within reason, start, you know, mixing the hell out of them. I don't think I'm gonna. Well, the good news is you know, you're not like you're not like Eric trying to do with every flavor of carpet. You know that's Eric's problem <laughs> is that he's doing the same thing that you're doing with Freddles, but with everything. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard. That's what I get from the show a little bit. There's yeah. a little bit of Frankenstein. A little bit, a little bit. But uh, I think I think it's important, like um, you know, especially with these newer. Uh, I shouldn't say newer, like bread lie haven't been around for a long time, but like, you know, um, some of the, uh, when I say coastals and jungles and like some of that stuff has been all bred together and nobody cared and now it's all kind of lost. And, and if I can do something to sort of keep that stuff around, then, you know, at least I know I have it, you know what I mean? So doing your part. Sure. Yeah. If Nick decides that he's going to quit, (laughs) And at least uh, you know I yeah. got. It. Yeah. So. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, Nick's gonna quit. No, he's not going to. But you never know. <laughs> he might decide he wants to be a. But chef if he does, Eric will be right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like everything, but like everything else, you know, you, you gotta do the. You have to think the hit by a truck theory. God forbid, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah. so the bread lie, I think you know, I'll probably go not mixing the morphs just to see what happens, but I probably won't, you know, I'll, I'll attempt to get a pair of price, a pair of, um, a force. I have a forced female and then, you know, I, I don't have any Harris. I don't have any price. So a couple of animals of each line and then just not mix them. And then maybe someday mix them, but always make sure I have a, a pure, you know, line animal. Not that anything's really pure, but you know, an animal from each line. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. Obviously, you know, you're going to pair animals that are going to, I mean, some of the stuff you did with just saying about your, you know, with the afores and the hypo stuff, you've infused yeah. the red sort of back into it. And, um, yeah. you know, I think I think you're getting good results. So, yeah, obviously stuff like that is. Um, yeah, uh, you got to keep trying that stuff. Sometimes it'll look ugly and it won't work. But, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I, I can't. You know, I'm all new to this, so I don't want to come off like uh, I know what I'm talking like talking about from experience. But so far, it's been good. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. So somehow I make it work. 
but uh, Somehow no, I, knew, cool. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Good. Um, cool. Don't mind. So I guess what we'll do is we'll hit on because we're we're just a, we're what it's ele- yeah it's almost eleven o'clock. So um, we're about to hit two. But we'll hit on, on these close one one oh, thing that I. Yeah, before we get to that, just, you know, uh, to cut in for a second, what are you doing for this next year? I mean, I know Eric's going to want to say carpets, but I'm mostly interested in the Mandarin thing. But hit everything that you're doing, just so we know. Yeah, I kind of talked about what I'm doing with carpets already. I'm going to repeat the – I'll probably repeat the Hypo and the Hypo 4s. I'm trying to get to the point where I can do something with the stonewash and the Hypo and and stripes, but – I'm going to shoot for it this week, this year, this week, I wish, this year, but it'll probably be next year. I'm going to repeat <laughs> the, the, the Darwins with the Hypo and, and the, the regular. Uh, for the first time, I'll be breeding the jungle that I produced, um, and the same thing with zebra. I'll be breeding a zebra that I produced, and those should both go. We'll see what happens. And the mandarins, try and get some high yellows again. Uh, definitely get some reds. Um, and that's probably about it. I, I don't – yeah, I'll probably repeat the Hoonans because people seem to like the Hoonans, you know, just because it's a little cow and they can have it. And then we'll see. Maybe I'll do the, the Sichuans. I really don't have to, at this point, give anybody a break. Uh, the, the one thing I didn't touch on that's interesting with mandarins, you know, they're mountain rat snakes. So, like, I have 12 and I still have 12 in the incubator in the wild – when they hatch, do you think they're going to eat? No, it's brumation time. So right, they're going to go over and then usually, during the spring, sure. Usually when I'm selling the spring is the babies from the year before. This year right, was the from first the fall, year, the year really. Before. This, was the year, this year was the first year that I really had mandarins that were just nailing the meals right off the bat, and I was able to sell them. I had people waiting for them. Um, right. But most of the stuff I have, I'm not, I'm not really worried about selling it this year. It'll, it'll sell next spring and it'll be gone before the next clutch is hatched next year. So that's how the, the mandarins are really different because they're that, um, you know, the mountain snake. Sure. They're, they're, they're going to overwinter they before they eat. Yeah. And the Vietnamese are even yeah. worse. They don't, they, 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 uh, lay even later in the season. Well, I think so, those are from Tangao too, right? Like they're coming from that, you know, mountainous North Vietnam in the same way that the right. rhinos are in the same way that Priscina is, you know, so they're going to hit it and be born and then they're going to pop. I mean, I've, I think I, you know, I've mentioned this on the show before. I've had rhinos that took 120 days to hatch, right? So they're hatching in November right when it's getting cool and they're doing yeah, the same exact yeah. thing that you're talking about, you know, when yeah, they're getting cool temps. You know, to incubate, and then they're hatching late. Yeah, no, I'm with right. you. And, I'm with you. And I'm I'm going for the coolest situation I could find for the incubator. So it's in the cool coolest room, and it's the incubator 77, and that could take right. as many yep. as like 60 to 70 days to hatch, and that's what you want, you know. Um, yeah, you want them to be big and robust, and hey, it turns out you get more females that way. No, I I totally am with you. The same thing's true with the rhinos, yeah. you know. The other other thing with the Vietnamese, you know, talking to Matt, I want to pair him up when I'm pairing up the Chinese. And he's like, no, don't do that. It's too early. And you don't want to pair up the snakes too early. And then they're they're, they're not viable. Yeah, get them thrown off. And then when they are are viable, they're done breeding or they're they're never viable, you know. That's why I I can't ever figure out. I'm with you. And people have success um, 
tearing up their animals during cooling for carpets. So that kind of blows that theory, but it seems to work, you know. For me, everybody's well, suffering I think all probably, the time. Yeah, I mean, I think those the key there, right, is that they're leaving them together then long enough on the on the back end, you know. Um, that's okay. probably the difference. So they're not short-circuiting okay. it by saying, okay, here's here's our window on the front end, and they're missing it on the back end when they're actually ready to go. Although I'm with right. you that those females then might develop before the males are ready to go, right? So they're slugging out, so your best hope is to hit a second clutch that's actually fertile. But, no, I'm with you. It makes sense. Yeah. Cool. That's very cool. Well, Put it this way: When I see your ad, your King Snake ads this coming year, although I, as soon as I say that, I think you need to stop by the NPR table and chat up me and Eric and Owen, who will want to buy some androids yeah, from you um, here in October. <laughs> yeah, you know, coming up in a month. Yeah, I'll definitely see you guys in a month, and I'll say hello. Absolutely. Cool. Definitely do. Yeah, I'd appreciate hey, that. I, I forgot to tell you too that about two years back, I ran through the Denver Zoo, and that's. I didn't have much time, but um, I ran through the entire zoo, and that's an awesome zoo. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've been trying to get Eric and Owen out, but, uh, you know, they're they're saying, hey, you come to us. We don't go to you. So <laughs> I understand that, but uh, it's something to see. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, man. I like it. No, it's like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, fabulous. Well, thanks yeah. so much, Ralph. So let's hit on, yeah, those closing questions that you had. Um, are these yeah, the usual? These, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can head on if you want. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. All right. Well, so if you didn't have any limitations, be it laws or availability or price, what uh, what would you work with? What's what's kind of the dream species that at this point is foreclosed by the realities that we have to deal with? You know, it's funny. It's uh, two of the things I thought of, which was the banded uh, iguana and the Komodo dragon were, were taken. I heard uh, the uh, the gentleman in Australia uh, mentioned both of those things. Uh, so Planet, Planet Earth 2 is my screensaver, and, and what I like the most is the Komodo dragons on that screensaver. Um, the other thing that I've always been fascinated with is a sea turtle. You know, I've, I've kept um, right. soft-shell turtles, and they're, they're so uh-huh. cool. Wouldn't it be cool to have yeah. like a 50-foot round aquarium? with a 10-foot round right. land area in the middle and have a sea turtle. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, to me, that, that that reminds me, right, and I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. This is probably cutting in, but, you know, the, no, no there was a guy who uh, who kept marine iguanas, right? And, you know, we all know the legality of that issue, but he's over in yeah. an effort keeping marine iguanas, and he set up, the sort of room that we're talking about to do that. And it was just, it blew my mind, right. Of saying like, this is really the ultimate in terms of what we're talking about. So no, I'm totally with you. That, that would be amazing. That would be really cool. I mean, I can drive down to the shed aquarium and see that, but I'd like to have that in my house. Right. That'd be cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that would. Okay. Um, Let's see. And if you could go, uh, herping anywhere in the world um, without limitations in terms of the price point or being able to leave work or whatever, what, where would that be? Of course, Australia. I mean, it's just right. it's not, Okay, so it's which part of Australia? Place. That's the real question. Oh, because we all say Australia, so where? 
You know, I, I don't know. You know, it's it, for me, it's the fact that having been around birds and to think that rose-breasted cockatoos, right. Moluccan cockatoos, umbrella cockatoos, all these birds, parakeets, cockatiels, not that I really care about parakeets and cockatiels, but those birds are fly, all flying in the wild somewhere. And you could land in there right. and then go her and then go herping. Are you kidding? But after <laughs> Yo, that, after tough. that, I have to, after that, I have to go to a jungle, maybe Brazil or something, um, and okay. see uh, see the New World animals because I really like Amazon parrots, macaws, and stuff. That would be cool. And then again, you get to see, you know, go herping and see boas and stuff like that in the wild. That would be awesome. Right so on. Either one well, of that's those, awesome. Either yeah. one of those would be cool, but. I feel like that's sounding like Northern Territory or Queensland to me, but, uh, you know, in terms of the Aussie stuff. But I I tell you what, you know, you said you were going through the the archive, and as someone who is sort of the, I think, Eric, can I claim being the unofficial archivist for the Morelli Python radio show? Do you think I claim that designation? Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Okay. So so I'll claim that title. Um, I would say that, Jordan Russell's show would be of interest to you. I know Eric has mixed okay. feelings about that show, but but you should check it out because he's coming from the same standpoint of being a bird guy. So there's a lot okay. of stuff that maybe would be of interest to you. So what, Eric, we're talking 2012, spring 2012, something like that. Look up Jordan Russell, and I think that uh, I think you'll find a lot of common ground there and a lot of interesting cool. stuff there. So I just want to – that's yeah, my own wreck out of the thing. I'm the kind of guy that's driving on the street and uh, pointing out the uh, red-tailed hawks to my kids and uh, walking to, down the sidewalk, pointing out, you know, the chipmunks and stuff and asking my daughter if she knows what kind of bird call that is. You know, so just n- nature in general. And God forbid if I grew up in a place where, you know, there were reptiles too, you know, not just school. Right, it'd be crazy. Coyote and possum, which I also, you know, uh, respect and oh, I'm always looking for. But I mean, a few times I've gone out of Illinois, like down to Florida, I'm sitting in a restaurant and I see an anole and I'm like, holy shit, this is cool. You know, right. like, <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. My family's yeah. having a conversation no. and, I, and I'm just watching the reptiles outside the window. You know? Uh, hold on, awesome. guys. This is important. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, as I say that, I think it's 13, so it's spring 13. Check it out. But, uh, no, I'm totally with you, man. That's that's awesome. Okay, I will. We're all with you. So cool stuff, man. Thanks yeah. so much for being on, and make some more crazy mandarins. That's, one, that's one for more, sure. One more, one more second. The next question is what will be my next, next purchase. I'm totally yeah. fascinated oh, next with Ben okay. Russo's Island Boas. Totally fascinated. Yeah, right. Just came across right. that between the cakehawkers and the hogs and all, man, it's it's nuts. That's that's the next obsession you need. You know, I don't know how you're gonna make the tough yeah. space, but go for it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then somebody drew the comparison to Bredeli being stuck in one confined area, almost like an, an right. island, you know, species. Sure. So, thought that was super cool. An island in the desert. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm with you, man. There's. And it's so cool to think, especially when, I mean, cool slash problematic slash whatever, you know, hey, it's like the, like Cox High, right, where you've got, like, a founder population made up of four, five, six animals, something like that, which right. is incredible right. to think of. Um, right. Can, carries with it some problematic connotations, but, hey, as long as 
I mean, that's the thing with those narrow gene pools, right, is anything that was deleterious has probably been weeded out. So you, you can have stuff that's narrow, that's a bottleneck stuff, but, man, we've probably already worked through the problematic things. So I think it's I think that's your next yeah. problem for sure. I yeah. love it. That's my next problem, exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, anybody, can, anybody can Google Midwest Serpentarium if you can spell it. Um, okay. And you'll, you'll see my Facebook page. I also have a website, but... I'm finding that things generally sell through word of mouth, fauna, and uh, King, King Snake. And I try and keep, I definitely keep my Facebook page up to date with what I'm kind of doing, hatching and whatnot. But in terms of sales, just just private message me or email me if you're looking for something. Gotcha. Right. Uh, to, the, to that extent, I saw that the you don't have any King Snake ads up right now, right? Does, it, does that mean no. you don't have anything available? Or is just nothing on that's posted? No. Um, I have I have some inland males um, that are that are awesome, and my brettle eye are starting to get to the second shed, so I'll be taking some pictures. And then the uh, mandarins, pretty much, well, I'll probably brewmate them before I put anything up, but I might um, right. in the next two or three weeks. I'll be doing that. So if anybody's looking for bread awesome. or inlands, even mandarins, just ping me and uh, I could talk about what we'll I have. Figure something out. Cool. Exactly. All right. Cool, man. Thanks, guys. Well, I really it's been appreciate great. And uh, love the show. And I'm Thanks, glad man. I uh, toughed it out and did it. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Ralph. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Awesome. A lot of cool stuff there, man. Yeah, man. No, was, Buddy Bear, you know, I was waiting for you to say, good show, you know, bust on you <laughs> like Owen does, but I really feel like it. You know, I, I think that was really good. I, You know, maybe being just an Asian wrestling guy, it was gets the blood flowing a little bit. You know, I like carpets, but, man, that gets the blood flowing. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's the perfect mix, you know. It's the perfect mix. A little front end on the uh, Moralia stuff, a little back end on the uh, Klubert stuff, you know. That's uh, <laughs> Asian rat snakes and because uh, Owen's got that bug, so you know news. more and more right. that we're going to well, have. Well, exactly. That's, yeah, man, that's the good news is we know, we know what Owen's spending his next check from Jim on, you know. That we know where we're going, so this is no problem. Yeah, I can't believe that he doesn't have those. I mean, I know he likes the rhinos and that cave dwelling stuff, and I think that goes back to when we went to Nerd. Um, right? You know, yeah. Uh, Whatever. Uh, you, you know, they, they, I've been there, man. You know, they're cool, but man, the mandarins. As much what two weeks ago, a week ago, I was telling you, mandarins, man, have bred them, you know, twenty times at work five times at the house, whatever it is, you know, man, man, seeing those pictures, those are fabulous. <laughs> it's got to go. See, this is, this is, this is the problem with doing this, man. Just like you said, I mean, like last week right? we were talking to Nick, we're talking about short tails and now it's like, Oh, I got the short tail bug. As I was going through, um, uh, as you guys were talking, uh, there was a picture that I, I found because, uh, I was talking to Matt uh, in a message uh, real quick and you got to see this. I guess I can share it in the chat. Um, well, post it up, man. Come on. Real quick. Don't bother us uh, post like you've been doing. It's this pumpkin head. I guess it's like a, look at this thing, man. Look at All that right. 
short tail right there. It's in the in the NPR chat. Like, look at that thing. Orange head. That is nice, man. (laughs) Nice stripes. You got the silvers. You got the whites. You got the. Now I'm with you, man. Well, hey, dude. I'm telling you, you got to buy that thing that Trace has before you know before it has to happen for me. You know, that's yeah. that's the thing. So, I need you to pull through for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Everyone fails for me with Nick's jungle, those Palmersons. It was like, oh, send everyone over. You know, here's the pitch. Uh-huh. Send everyone over there. Someone else will buy it. You don't have to do it. And then I look, and they bought everything but the pair that I wanted. In the same <laughs> way, you know, here you're posting up this Curtis, and it's like, dude, I need – you don't understand. I need you to buy whatever that was, 127 or whatever it was that I needed you to buy so that right. I didn't have to do it. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I know the feeling too. You're hoping that somebody else pulls the trigger and then it's like, ah, oh, man, I really wanted that, but I'm glad it's not there. Um, <laughs> it's like the mixed feelings. But, uh, so that 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 snake will be similar to what we were talking about earlier, right? As an adult, that's an adult yeah. version of. Oh yeah, man. man. Whew, on the or- on the hot stuff, snake. you know. Replace the head, and then we're talking about the chrome stuff, you know. But man, right. it's yeah, yeah, dude. Buddy bear, I'm telling you, man, I need you to get this snake for me because. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I'm telling the problem wife. at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna tell the, gonna tell the Well, wife. Rob told me that I had to get this because he would then buy it if I did not. So yeah, exactly. Nah, I hear you. So. Oh my goodness. But, uh, oh, well, that's great. Yeah. So. Well, and the good news is Owen's gonna buy all of it either way. You know, so that's that's <laughs> the good news. Yeah. Right. Next week, though, uh, so you should probably like this show too. We're gonna be talking to Forrest Banning uh, from Reptitech. And I think I mentioned this on the show last week, but he deals with variety of stuff. And, um, you know, he's uh, big into uh, emeralds and chondros and, you know, that's kind of like standard as usual. <clears throat> but uh, saltwater cro- or crocodile morphs. Um, right, the, the croc morphs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be kind of oh, You know? Uh, yeah, that'll be tough, man. A couple other different oh things goodness. that he works with, but um, you know, it's uh should be uh should be fun. Um Yeah, everybody's uh <laughs> everybody's wanting that Sumatran man. Whew, that's smoking. But that's uh crazy man. Yeah. I uh I wanted to um That's cool stuff. Yeah, I can't stop staring at that. It's like black on the top, kind of like charcoaly, and then at the bottom, it kind of it almost looks like ball pythony type colors. You know, uh, people are probably right. yeah, especially screaming with, with the alien but, heads and all that stuff. You know, yeah. no, I'm with you, man. It's got the dark fading the light. I'm the blasted outside, man. It's so. Who is this from? I don't know. I, I just I was googling. Um, uh, Sumatran uh, orange heads or pumpkin heads that's or whatever random. it was. Orange heads, Sumatran. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It's just a random that. picture. So that's a rando. Wow, rando, and that's what you turn up with, huh? Yeah, they're cool snakes, man. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> but um, Woo. yeah, we we got to get some more short tail people on here. I guess I got to get into that uh, into that world. Uh, Go down the rabbit more. hole, man. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I'm already uh, uh, plotting um, design uh, when I knock down the other half of the garage. Um, uh huh. So, uh, and you know, once you have the that room much we space, talked about, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna be so, let loose, man. You're gonna have your rodents <laughs> in that back quarter. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be rocking stuff out. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, in that back quarter where you had me climbing over Christmas ornaments trying to turn off the water and then you said, Oh, actually it turns out I could turn it off in the room. Sorry, Tucker. <laughs> yeah, you're digging there, sweating. I was making you guys work. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris wasn't lying when he showed that family guy picture of the Egyptian, you know, the, the slaves <laughs> in the pyramids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, good luck, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's kind of what we got lined up for the, the next couple of weeks. We're a month away from Tinley, man, a month away. We'll be at Tinley Park. Um, right. That'll be fantastic, man. Can't can't look forward to it enough. Although Matt, uh, you know, Matt of Philly Herp, who we just propped up for his marbles and all his other Borneo things, um, gave me the finger and said, hey, buddy bear, you best rent a car because we ain't picking your ass up. But uh, oh. neither here nor there. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I kid, I kid. He he said we're you know we won't be in town until then, so maybe it's not convenient for us to pick you up. Um, oh, and I okay. said, well, I, I understand. I understand where you're at, Matt. So that that's okay. Don't worry about it. Took about three days for him to say that, which was pretty funny. So no, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I totally understand. So uh, no, I love you, Matt. Just giving you some, uh, you know, the use you stuff so um no it'll be it'll be awesome buddy's coming out with you guys that'll be great you know yeah. anticipating staying with him you know i'm sure he'll find me a pain in the ass as everyone does and it'll be a lot of fun yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely gonna be a blast because we have <laughs> yeah you thought i'd breeze over that right there you go um no uh <laughs> We uh we're gonna have oh uh, fabulous the Morelia Python Radio Crew and then the GTP Keeper Radio Crew as well. So uh, if you want to do away with Morelia Radio altogether, we can be taken out in one fell swoop. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know, maybe Reptile Radio will come back from the ashes or something. Uh, some some ball python, another we'll ball see python if we can run show into PK, or something. You know, he's around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever happened to those guys, man? They, they didn't even—they stopped doing it all together. They're but. off the grid, man. Yeah, it's just happened. Although I got an email from Tim the other day. Did uh-huh. Tim reached out to you? He was telling me he was going to Daytona and Tim Lee and Ham. And I was like, wow, man, that's—you're hitting the circuit, man. So oh, I'm Tim Walton? to see him. I'm sure he'll have stuff. To, yeah, I'm sure he'll yeah. have stuff to say. Oh hell yeah, yeah. He was—he uh, he yelled at me because he wanted me to. Uh, to better uh, plan my vacation trips because I didn't coincide my vacation with uh, Daytona. And, with Daytona? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Just, I wasn't thinking about that when I planned vacation, you know. And then you didn't even make it down there. Yeah. No. You said, well, you know, we could go to Florida or we'll just go to uh, the falls. It'll be fine. 
the yeah. same thing. Well, uh, you know what happened with that was my goddamn car. It's like uh, my wife was um, she, uh, she, she. I love her to death, man, but her planning is sometimes very poor. But uh, <laughs> uh, she she goes and says we're gonna take her car because we're gonna. Well, first we were supposed to get plane tickets, and then she forgot to do that. So I found out at the last minute that we needed plane tickets. So I started oh, looking God. them up, and they were like, they're like an astronomical crazy. amount of money. So I'm like, I think we sure. should just drive. And she's like, okay. So we were going to drive. And then like the day before we were leaving, she's like, yeah, I took my car in to get it looked at. And um, here's the thing. Uh, this problem that I've been having for like the last couple weeks um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, they can't fix it until a couple of days. So I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, man! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, best case scenario. Okay. Yeah. So it turned out I'm like, well, I'm not gonna spend my whole vacation, you know, sitting by the pool or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but still, you know, I I want to I want to do something or go somewhere. And then she's like, well, why don't we go to Niagara Falls? Well, here I thought it was gonna be like. uh you know, uh-huh. a short trip, but it was like yeah. eight uh-huh. hours away. And then I'm like, oh, well, here's here's how we plan poorly again. Um, she's like, well, we're going to go. So I wanted to go to the zoo and then go to, um, uh-huh. uh, we went to the right, Bronx right. Zoo and then out there. She wanted to go on the way back. So I'm thinking, well, how far? I mean, it should be on the way back, right? We're going to be driving down through that way. Uh, incorrect. Uh, we're driving. It took just as much time to get to Niagara Falls from my space as uh, it took to get from Niagara Falls to the Bronx Zoo. And then it was another two hours from the Bronx Zoo to my place, which was, uh, which was well, kind of nuts. But. Well, I mean, if only if, if Chris Salami or Chris Salami um, <laughs> had uh, has said that, you know, let yeah. us know. Oh, fabulous! Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, the next time, well, next Carpet Fest, if you come out or whenever the next time you're in this area, I know we're yeah. talking about the Bronx. Trust me, man, I want to get out down. there. I want to be smoking weed in the streets and all that crazy things that you guys do out there. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but. Uh, no, hey man, uh, it's, it's not 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 a thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, 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 I want to go out and check out. Uh, there's tons of stuff out there to check out. So uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's definitely on the uh, the agenda. I know I was listening to a podcast earlier. It was um, you know that one I was talking to you about from the ground up. So they I heard had, they had the carpet dude. Who was it? Evan Browder on, right? Yeah, yeah carpet cartel um and carpet uh, cartel yeah yeah that's it man but uh too bad he only I thought downloaded yeah <laughs> yeah it was actually it was actually a pretty good was it show good? i thought i downloaded yeah. i i didn't yeah. i didn't know yeah okay yeah. yeah it was pretty good um you know you know evan he don't hold nothing back so uh um, right he's coming yeah, guns he's, blazing okay yeah, so okay. I, yeah, I, I saw I man, I thought of you, and I was like, man, he hooked me up with a, a whack podcast, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good, but um, uh, what was I gonna say about it? Uh, shit, now I totally lost my train of thought. 
God damn it. Getting old sucks. <laughs> that, that was just a way. Turns out when somebody's engaged, it's a problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you should check it. Check that out. Um, check it out, okay. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty good one. He uh he did a pretty good pretty good job on there. Who knows? Maybe I don't know if see, he would have to come on when it would be like uh me or me and you or me and somebody else, but I, I don't know if Owen could handle him man. He he might get crazy. That might, that might have poorly. <laughs> get a little wild on him. Yeah. Yeah. Owen we might talked be about like, that before. Okay. I I've had enough of this nonsense. Click. <laughs> like, okay, old Click. man. But uh, no, dude, I'm telling thing. you, he does that to me. You know, I'll say stuff, and then he's just like, you know what? I'm talking to Andrew. You're just here for the form of the thing, okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know why I was saying it because Evan was talking about he was going to make the rounds of all the carpet fest next year. He wants that's that's a goal of oh, his. Right he wants he wants to hit them all around the uh, around the U.S. Which uh, you know that's a goal of mine too. That'd be but awesome. uh, I would love to do that, man. I would love to do that. Go out, check out the West Coast, see you guys. Uh, well, you're not really in the West Coast, but we fly over you, I guess, at some point. I could uh, right. make a pit I'll stop. Say, hey, there goes the plane. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Make a quick pit stop for a couple of days and then head out. You know, who knows? Maybe go check out Nick's collection. Man, that would probably be like Shangri-La for me. Woo! You know, right? Well, you're wow. gonna get the blindfold job. You know, the blindfold and the Honda's uh, <laughs> skull, and then it's yeah. <laughs> the hood on the head. You know, put yeah. a hood on the head. You know, and then it's like <laughs> spin your. But at the same time, times. he'll do that, and then he'll post he'll post a picture of the you know his darn car in front of his house. It's like, what is this, dude? You won't let us know. But then you'll post a picture of your car in front of the house. Like, yeah. I can see your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah who knows man Whatever. Nick might you know. uh, give give up snakes and move on to cars it seems like that's his new uh, new obsession as of late that's but, his new uh, bag you know uh, oh my so. Whatever. cool stuff well but you know that'll be pure Corvette stuff that's that's what we know <laughs> yeah no no crossbreeds no uh, no hybrids of uh, of cars no hybrids stuff. no out of date you know sort of <laughs> No modern parts in there, you know. We know it'll be legit. So okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, oh, that's 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 where that's where I'm at. And um, I don't know. Let's see. I, I guess I'll run down the list and then we can uh, get the heck out of here. But uh, our, you know, for us, MurrayPythonRadio.com. You can check that out. You can stay up to date with our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you can listen to the show on any podcast uh, uh, app that you have. Uh, just put in Morelia Python's radio and it'll pop up. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, um, want to ask Owen about Bigfoot, whatever the case would be, send it to <laughs> info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. <clears throat> and uh, speaking of Carpet Fest, uh, September 16th, which is – Next Saturday? No. Like maybe uh, two weeks away? Yeah. Uh, that's the North yeah. e- Northwest Carpet Fest. And that's up in uh, Doug Taylor's spot uh, in Seattle, Washington. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, See some black, <clears throat> blackheads, some moosterana. Lots of cool shit. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. 
Bolin. Uh, does he have, still have Bolin? He has uh, what do you call it too? Doesn't he? Doesn't he work yeah, with? Bolin, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, what's that one? Uh, gosh, I can't think of him. Um, oh, the Sanzinia. Sanzinia. Yeah. 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 Which which would be cool to check out what he's and he's a good guy, man. So. Yeah. yeah. Cool worth worth uh going and hanging out with those guys. Um and then uh our good Nathan friend Rat, you know, see him get uh I don't know. They're moving towards cannibalism at this point, you know, as far as Owen's concerned. Yeah. Poor Nick. I was just listening to that show for the fourteenth show and I think we're that's where Owen said we're about at. So I don't know, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um and then uh, the Southeast is working on a carpet fest um, down in Florida. And uh, hopefully everybody's okay that listens to the show down there in Florida. Uh, you're uh, some crazy stuff. I know my in-laws, they took off, man. They they left town. They were like, we're out. Is That's that enough. Right yeah. 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 They, they, they went to higher ground, which uh, which was smart. But um, Yeah, not a bad call. Yeah. But my brother-in-laws, they decided to, to tough it out, which uh, hopefully, you know, yeah, they make it through. Okay. Have a hurricane party. Have some drinks. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, oh but uh, Okay. So I think the date that they have set is February 10th. Um, and if you're interested in helping out, getting involved in that in any way, um, uh, what's the more details, all that stuff, get in touch with Ian Bissell. Um, from uh, S&J Reptiles, and uh, he'll hook you up and let you know where they're at. Right, this and, was the day you know. where I'm supposed to be Owen, and Chris Salemi slash Salami is supposed to be you, right? So we're going to inverse our proportions so that we can represent yes. different factions of NPR. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know that that's happening, but OMAC, you know, whatever, we'll do the best we can. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've heard it so many times, uh, that, uh, I would have to say rogue dash reptiles. Um, dash, dash, dash. <laughs> gotta have yeah, the dash. It. He uh, doesn't say hyphen. I don't get that, but okay. <laughs> dash. It's dash. Uh, dot com. <laughs> it's dash. Uh, okay. Or his, uh, Facebook, uh, page. I don't know. I know he, he said he was putting stuff up for sale. I don't know if that happened or not, but uh, go check it out. Uh, I know Presumably he's getting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably not. Uh, Tinley Park is his next show, and then I think that following Saturday he's at Hamburg. Uh, he's back at Hamburg. So, um, Oh, Lord. Back at Hamburg. Oh, back Lord. at Hamburg. Yeah. The shit show. <sighs> <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I'll say it when he's not here. <laughs> oh, fabulous! Yeah, I. But well, you know, I'll say it oh, when he comes. Is, well, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll be happy to tell him in October, first week weekend of October, when he comes to Tinley, and he sees the beautiful NPR. All about it, buddy bear. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> ooh, ooh, NPR shirts. There you go. I can't wait to see his the face. Tinley, the Tinley special <laughs> shirt getting made up. It'll be something. I guarantee yeah. that it'll be something. I I can't wait. I I might have to YouTube. I might have to Facebook Live that when we give it to him. Uh, this shirt. 
Give him the unboxing and then give him 12 hours to stew on it while you drive before you show up to me. Let's see how that goes. It'll be great. Oh, lovely. No, I don't. I can't take it, man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so he's got those two dates lined up and that's all he's got. So, uh, you know. I don't I don't actually know what he has available. Usually I'm tuned out by that point. Um <laughs> he's the closer. Uh as far as myself, ebmorelia.com. Uh I just put up some Citrus Tiger Head Albino stuff. Uh so if you're interested in some of that, um, you know, uh check it out. I have it on the website, it's on my Facebook page too. Uh so... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I gotta listen to that. Uh, is that in the uh, next round of um, – uh, I think so. If we didn't catch it on the last one, man, that's the thing. I'll have to look at the front batch of this stuff. Dude, not going to lie, there's so much content here. We're not going to even make it to the end of 2014. I'm trying to hit it to the anniversary show of 2014, but there's so much content. Oh, my. There's, wow. There's good good stuff, man. I've been to hit a year of stuff that we're going to get through. But, okay. hey, it just puts us on track going forward that we're going to be good to go. But, man, we're going to have some fun. It'll be fun. Oh, nice. I'm trying to find... Yeah, right? I thought I had it in there, but I guess not. I don't have it. Jim from Morgantown, maybe? Yeah, maybe we'll we'll close out with I that. I think we got some Jim hitting it up. Uh, yeah? Okay. Ooh, another Jim. I think I think Jim hits this, and certainly I'll reach out to him. Though Owen seems to realize when I call his old man, so that's kind of a problem relative to the whole team. But <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, hopefully Jim you know, will keep it on download this time. So a funny story uh, when we were driving back from um, uh, Niagara Falls. I was listening to uh-huh. uh, the show that you you guys did uh-huh. <clears throat> when you had that whole thing where you played the clip and it went out of control. Yeah, you know that that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it, it, my, my wife's like, uh, "What the hell's going on?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a clip from when oh when Owen's dad Jim called in." And it, you know, was asking what you know. I thought you were out with a uh-huh. girl. My what? Oh my God, she was cracking up so bad. He's like, his dad really did that to him. I was like, yeah, he's straight up. He's <laughs> like, I can't believe it. Uh, it was great. I wish I could have recorded her and then played that on the podcast. Right? Yeah, oh my do. gosh. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Now, we so. we got some gold material. You just need to figure out when we're gonna do it. You know, I I know you oh, said wait. before, Tinley, but I feel like that's kind of a bummer. You know, so you got to give me the deadline so I can get to work on my uh, on my Apple machine making the uh, the clips happen. Uh, you know, I, I think, pulled out the clips, but I need to dice them down. When is I that? I think I have it set for September. Wait, let's see. Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, you're October. putting me to work, buddy bear. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to say it's the – hold on. Let me look at my calendar here as I'm uh, – September – no, not 26th. I had it for October 3rd. Pre-Timley. October 3rd. So that's the pre-Timley 
fiasco. That show's going to be an absolute fiasco. We can make it work, man, but that's going to be a if fiasco. Not, I can push <laughs> between it back. the pre-season league. No, what I'm just saying, between the pre-season league and the, uh, you know, me talking about, talking to Matt specifically about how the Chargers are going to whoop the Eagles' ass, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a fiasco between all those things. Oh, man. Craziness will ensue for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be on. So we can do the so, third, the tenth. I don't know, but you already got all this stuff planned out through the end of the year, so it's a it's a mess. Yeah, I had the third, the tenth. I have open too, uh, but that was that's that's mm-hmm. post to, post Tinley Park, um, and then actually I have the seventeenth open as well. So the third, the tenth, and the seventeenth, I kind of kind of let. Well, as I was telling you, I was looking, you know, trying to figure out when my end date was in terms of how many more I got to get through before, you know, before we get to that point. Man, last time in 2014, you ran the anniversary show at like the end of the month. And I was like, dude, what are you doing to me here? You give me two extra shows. This is a mess. (laughs) So it seems like you're you're freewheeling with the date of the anniversary show anyway, you know. So I, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to... We'll have to see. Well, we'll figure uh, it out. Let's talk to Matt, figure it out. You know. Yeah, the, I always uh, try to Matt's make it. Uh, the official first show, I want to say, was on the 24th of September. Um, right, which is, I, I want to respect that because that's kind of my favorite show. It's you for 12 minutes just chatting <laughs> by yourself. Obviously, yeah. terribly uncomfortable. It's, it's really yeah. the best, you know. <laughs> Save for when that first show with Owen, when you're like, so, Mr. Professional Breeder, how does this go? You know, and then he kind of starts chatting away as though that's the facts, you know. So uh. it, I, I'm, I'm torn on this issue by laziness to just push it back, push it back. But right. in reality, you know, I love that first show, man. I love that first show and then the first with him. And then, as you know, relative to the T-shirts, hey, shout out to you, Omac. Uh, January seventh, two thousand twelve. Uh, indicative. Um, you know, favorite shows. Favorite show. <laughs> nice. That one sticks in my mind for 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 some reason. That one just jumps out at me. January twelfth. January January seventh, two thousand. January seventh of two thousand one. 2012. 2012. Huh. That show, for some reason, I feel like the NPR Kinley 2017 t-shirts will be relevant to that episode. Ah, I got you. Never mind. Say no more. (laughs) I I got it. I don't don't know why. Maybe Owen can figure it out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, just just tossing out there, giving OMAC a little OMAC special, little warning, shot across <laughs> the bow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, no, I, as I say, you know, September, I think the true date, September 24th, sure, and then the first OMAC was what, the 1st or the 31st of September? Well, uh, uh, 30th September, yeah. 1st October, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I could tell yeah, you. first of October, whatever it would be. Yeah. Let's see. 13. Let's see what it uh, was. So, okay. 
So here it is. The first show was November or September twenty seventh, twenty eleven. Twenty seventh, okay. And then Owen's Owen's first episode was uh, October third, twenty eleven. And then our first episode with a guest was October fourth, twenty eleven. So we did double Luke. Yeah. Right. So we did uh <clears throat> we did I did the show by myself, <laughs> which is crazy. Right. <laughs> it was great, man. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Still then available the po- on iTunes or Beyond Pod or whatever your podcast app of choice is. Okay. Yep. Neither yep. Or Check it out. Check it out. Um and this is when we did it at eleven o'clock at night too. I mean Oh yeah. Oh I'm Holy Saturdays, shit. right? Is at eleven o'clock. Yes. Oh, yes. fiasco. Okay. Yes. Um, and then. Then you had to stop when Owen started getting sore throats after all the reptile shows. I don't know what that was about. I, I guess I'm continuing the Josh thing here, but uh, Owen kept yes. catching a sore throat. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> yeah, that was about. He probably drank too much at the reptile show and didn't feel like doing yeah. it. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. We'll give him that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Mac, I love you. I'm giving you a hard time, buddy bear. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Don't beat me when you see me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, there were the. That was the 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 uh, 2011. Okay, so Holy shit! Wow. Right, dude. I mean, shit. You're on fucking six years at this point, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's- it's pretty pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Of every fucking week, save two weeks for Christmas, getting all lazy, you know. But well, it's three weeks for me, you know, because I always take that that week off. Oh, and don't let me forget uh, it. the extra week. <laughs> yeah, the uh, extra week. So right, we've heard about that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. So well, when you so look I, at it, I don't know where this puts us, man. 731 yeah. hours of uh, of I shows. Told you, man. Even wow. Even going through this this year, it feels like man, you guys just have so much content out there. It's sort of unwieldy. I'm sitting there at work, and people are going, "Hey, dude, where's your product at?" You know, I'm going, "No, I gotta listen to this." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I got a screenshot when I need to take the clip. You know, you don't understand. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, no, no, so it'll be great. We'll have to figure it out. I know you've got this stuff booked until we get to October, though, right? Yes. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so we're booked all booked. October. I don't know. I'm kind of torn between the pre and post, Tim, to be honest. You know, there's a, a positive and a negative to both, but think on it a little bit. We'll talk next week. And whatever, okay. maybe El Mac will have something to say. Although I doubt he'll uh, he'll be able to think about it because he'll be so focused on that January seventh, two thousand twelve episode and what that might mean <laughs> for a T-shirt. But <laughs> you know, I love it. I love if he doesn't listen to all this stuff and then he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, like to go back. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> what? What was that? <laughs> what did he say? Whoa, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So, um, it'll be great, man. I'm so excited. Okay. Tinley. You're going yeah. to Tinley. He's doing fucking Hamburg. Okay. Then what yeah. else? 
Uh, yeah, and then I don't know what else he's got after that. I don't have anything after that because that's all I do is Tinley and uh, uh, just sell snakes online. So it's perfect time for shipping. Um, so if you're uh, interested in any of that, um, check it out, ebmorelia.com. Um, you can also, yeah, hit it up and buy some snakes so I can go buy, uh, I can keep the snake money flowing and see how this, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to go buy those, uh, Sumatran short tails and then Rob isn't going to have to buy them. So then he can buy mandarins from Ralph. So we're just, we're all, we're all working together here, man. We're all, we're all, that's right. This is a free pay it forward. Yes. Pay it forward to Eric. Pay it forward to me. Pay it forward to Trace. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be great. You know, we're, well, to we're gonna have a great time at Tinley, man. It'll be a man. It'll be a ton of fun. You know, I'm looking forward oh, hell to yeah. it. And hey, maybe if these things take some hoppers, we'll have some ball pythons on Omax table that are the Omax specimens <laughs> in a ball python. <laughs> I reached out to him and told him about that, and he, he said they'd have to be on your table, but we know your display is full. You know, yeah, it's his, cool, man. He's going to have some yeah. So, you know, I'm going to have some pothead pod ball pythons, maternal incubation, OMAX special, MTR <laughs> listener special, you know. There you go. Talk about some discount ball pythons. They'll be ready Bogo. to go. Bogo, man. Bogo. Buy one, get one. You're good. Right? Love it. <laughs> right. If you buy it from OMAC, it's free, actually. That's the thing. If it's on OMAC display and it's a ball python, it's free. It's free. That's, that's my deal. There you go. I like how you roll, man. I like how you roll. Uh, and then just whatever you got, man. What do you got? Right? So I got nothing. Well, I mean, I have these things, but I haven't put the work in to make them work. So it's High Plains Herp, Facebook, uh, RhinoRats.com or HighFlamesHerp.com. Again, that's that's going to say, much to uh, Eric's dismay, that's going to say updated 2016. I know he's going to bust my balls about that when we come <laughs> in a month from now. That's right. You know, but I'm going to update that to show really all the Rhino info that I know, giving away the secrets, all that stuff, so that everyone else can have success, which is all really I'm interested in. I like those things, and I want to see everyone else do well. Seems like they are. So that'll be great. Uh, might have some free ball pythons on Owen's display at Kenley. Uh, I certainly will be there. Would love to uh, meet any and everyone, give you a uh, shirt. I don't know how, I'm gonna, how many I'm going to have. I might have to – I'm going to have a certain amount that I'll have to give away. That'll be the NPR Kenley 2017 shirt to give away. Uh, other than that, maybe I can order some more. Maybe if you pitch a few bucks, it'll help me buy a beer and then uh, – will feel good about paying for some more. Um, I think that's about the, how that's going to go. That's what I expect. And, uh, well, you'll make Owen unhappy. So that'll be the big win out of the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Owens can't wait to hear this. Right? Sound about right? <laughs> that's about right. He'll love it. And then, uh, and then certainly I will be at Eric's house for Morelia. I guess Rob dropped, <laughs> and now he can't call back in. Now he left us as a cliffhanger. Um, all righty then. Or he hung up, Morelia, and he's out. 
So, uh, rhinoratsnakes.com, I don't think he got to throw it out there, but, uh, or high, high plains herpticulture, uh, is, uh, another way to get in touch with, uh, with Rob and see what he's got going on. He's got some, he's got some really, uh, cool species and, uh, some cool stuff. So, uh, go over, check it out. Um, and I guess that's all we got. So, uh, until next week. Thank you for listening to Morelia Python Radio. Uh, Good night.